This week on Log It, we are here to discuss Friday the 13th, the movie, the franchise, any of the above, the sequels, Jason, pre-mask, post-mask, we're going to be talking about it. I am here with my good friend Angelo and a special guest, Johnny Coffin is here with us. He is a writer-director. I've seen some of his short films, genuinely a big fan. Beyond excited to have you on the show this week, Johnny. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. And yeah, Friday the 13th, I'm always happy to talk about that. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I'm very excited to talk. I know you are a big fan of that. Angelo is also a big fan of that. Angelo, how's it going, man? Yeah, doing great. Happy to be here as always. To get things rolling, I've asked people this before, movie snacks. So th- this came up because I was complaining about popcorn at the movies. Right. And like how it's like kind of, I had this class break moment. Like why is popcorn a movie snack? I love popcorn. I get it at the movies. Right. It's loud. But a little backstory. Would you like to talk about your favorite movie snacks? Do you have any? I mean, it is popcorn, I'll, I'll say. I learned this recently. It blew my mind. I've always asked for extra butter because, you know, extra butter, add salt, whatever. And my friend told me, oh, yeah. wait, you can actually get it layered, right? Do you know about this? I know it's possible. You can ask them, though. You ask them. Yeah, so they, they put a little bit in, and then they put butter on it, and they put a little bit more in. Because I was always like, you put butter on top, and then when you get to the middle, it's dry. I was like, what the hell is You're... this, you know? My whole yeah. life. And it was like <laughs> six months ago, I, I like changed my life. I was like, you get layered, you get a little salt packet on the side, and I can just customize the amount of butter and salt. As you go down, you can have totally. the perfect... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a game changer. And I'll, I'll go ahead and shout out my favorite popcorn at a theater is the New Beverly in L.A., you know, Tarantino's Theater. So, the yeah, that's my favorite snack. I love popcorn. And the cheapest popcorn you'll find in Los Angeles movie theaters as well. That's why, not to, you know, keep gushing about the New Beverly, but I like it because it feels like time travel because, like, you're watching films on film. They show yeah. trailers from the year. So if you're watching a film for 1982 and, like, a marathon, they'll show a bunch of 1982 films everyone's it's a full theater full of people who are excited to be there and not on their phones yeah. it just feels like this is what movies felt like growing up and I, I get i get to have it whenever i want i could go there and have a great time so yeah yeah dude new bev is awesome it, it really is a magical place yeah if you're in los angeles take advantage i missed the new bev a lot i didn't i didn't go enough when i was there and some great merch too some some really cool stuff totally fun place mm-hmm. well yeah, I think I'm in the minority with the popcorn thing, you know, <laughs> confirmed again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I get it, but I just, you know, it, is, it, it can be loud. I, I admit that as an old man, a take of mine now. Oh, 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 definitely. Yeah. Funnily enough, I, I'm going to spoil one of the films I watched recently in my top oh, four, perfect. in my last four, but I, I showed Get Out to my students yesterday. And oh, the, yeah. we're talking about sound design. And I was like, okay, let's, let's watch a film that everyone, most people have seen in this class and focus on the sound. And for some reason, all my students started like chomping on snacks. And like, I was like, this is a sound lecture. Why is you everyone, are- and it was so weird. It made no sense to me. Like of all times, they started whipping their snacks out. And like, I'm just like, I could be like a hard ass and like, hey, stop that. But I was giving them little passive aggressive stares and they were chilling out. But it was like, they were just like snacking out of nowhere, like in class. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's not a movie theater. Like this is education. I'm talking about Jordan Peele's masterpiece, you know? So anyway, that's my little story. What is your favorite snack, by the way? I'm sure you've covered it before. You know, I don't think I actually got to it ever. And I actually, I actually have no idea what it would be. I mean, I'd probably say Junior Mints. Nice. Are my would be my favorite. I I, I don't really get snacks at the movie now because I I generally do like Diet Coke. Yeah. 
and I, I like the buzz of the Diet Coke. Like I, I can feel the caffeine like increasing my my connection to the movie sometimes. And so that kind of comes my go to. I almost feel like I get like dis- distracted and like like popcorn will eventually make my stomach hurt because I can't stop eating it. And so then too, <laughs> I start feeling a little like funky and I'm like, oh crap. Like oh, totally. <laughs> but with popcorn during like in a movie, it's like when it's loud, I, I go at it, and when it's quiet, I chill. I try to be respectful of everyone yeah. else. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, <laughs> if you were to ask me what my favorite snack was besides popcorn, I would have traditionally said Sour Patch Kids my entire life. But they just, oh, nice. like, I it quotes, canceled it because there's, like, it's giving people cancer. And <laughs> and so, you know, I've, I I don't know. Maybe I already have Sour Patch Cancer. I don't know. But I've, can- well I've stopped it from my... It from my uh diet but i will plug something that's the new addiction which is uh, jolly ranchers sours are like the new oh. thing for me because they taste like you know when you're i always say when you're a kid you grow up and you have jolly ranchers i don't know it makes me feel like a kid when i eat them but they're like sour and yeah you can like what is you have a watermelon uh flavor of a jolly rancher and it's like sour it's like it's it makes me feel nostalgic and but yeah I will out Angelo as being an addict to it. So every time he comes over, the bag's gone in like 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Those gonna, things are know. so addicting, man. It's my crack I know, now, man. I know. Like... I, it is his crack. So I got to buy two bags. I got to hide the other one from him. And... <laughs> B-Y-O-J-R-S. Yeah, so that's my new favorite snack. Dude, oh yeah. So, anyway, that's, that's, that's how you know it's a good one. That's how you know it's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. And we had so much sour patch, man. So I, I think I have the sour patch cancer as well. So. Yeah, no. sour patch cancer. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was never big on sour patch, which you know, I'm sure there's other cancerous things I've I've had plenty of though. Seems common. Yeah, Skittles too, man. Skittles. I I we I used to get huge bags of Skittles for my uh, marathons I've had at my house. I had to shift to pa- sour patch kids only to find out those are problematic too. Uh, Wait, so Skittles are also yeah. I don't mean to turn wow. this into like a PSA about cancer, but basically, I like know e- I want, even thank Lacroix you. Uh, sparkling water is is cancerous. So I had to shift to something else. Oh no! Yeah, well, like I, I you didn't mention that. That's why you have new sparkling water every time you watch. Yeah, I always like I like to have like I, I yeah I supply snacks for my friends because I'm a good host and I'm always <laughs> mindful of the cancer. I'm not you know make sure I'm not killing my friends you know so. <laughs> You need to have two sections, the cancer-free treats, and then, like, if you're willing, the cancerous treats. Yeah, totally. If you want to die, it's, like, that's on you. your own so. risk. You buy your own <laughs> cancer. They are so. provided. <laughs> I do have them. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, good to know. Everybody, check your pantries at home. And totally. Make sure. That's great. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Let's get into last four. Johnny, would you want to kick off? I, I, I had it different in the list. Would you want to go first, though? Sure. Yeah. So Angela and I are we're gonna have the same two last uh, two films we watched together. But I'm sure that's mm-hmm. fine. Right? Oh, so yeah, totally fine. last night I programmed a. My friend and I have a. Well, he started this these double screenings every Thursday night. Invites me to often be one of the programmers, and I'm really grateful for that. It's October, so we did uh, we did kill, killer sequels. So we did Child's Play two and Friday the Thirteenth Part six. And nice. so just to spoil, Angela and I did a marathon of all the films, but we skipped six on purpose, knowing that we we're going to be watching it uh, the night before this pod, uh, podcast. So, so yeah. So now that I've said that the last two films, do you want me to talk about them or, you know, skip yeah, Friday the 13th? Yeah. No, no, no. Go into it, man. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Yeah. Friday the 13th part six. I, I will, well, I, I guess I'll hold how I feel about it, but I, I loved it, of course. Yeah. 
So I'll skip talking about that because we're going to talk about that for the next <laughs> fair long time. Uh, Child's Play 2 is my personal favorite in that franchise. Uh, it's beautifully shot. Still on the scary side, not as comedic as the other ones. Wide angle lens. It's got some Kubrick fills in there. There's a little maze thing at the end that feels like The Shining. I don't know. And it seemed like a hit last night. It seemed like everyone really liked it. Most people had it not seen it. Great reactions. Yeah, lots of laughs, naturally. I like to show culty films that make people laugh. So that's good. <laughs> That's awesome. So everyone knows Get Out. I've showed that to my my students every Thursday. I yeah, I show film to my students, and then I go watch two more films with my friends at, at, at his place and whatever. So I'm I'm watching films like a maniac. But yeah, Get Out nice. is incredible. Of course, every time I watch it, I realize how amazing the script is, like how layered it is. Like once you know the twist at the end, I won't spoil that film. It's still pretty recent. But once you know what what's going on you're looking at all, all these things and it's like man it's just so so good like it really is an original film obviously and then before that i watched the original 13 ghosts for the first time william castle film from 1960 and the, it comes with this like blue and red glasses you put on but they're not they're not glasses they're like viewfinders like you could look through the, the blue one and the red one, I think the red one makes it look like uh, exposes these ghosts in the screen. And then if you go to the blue one, they disappear. Have you guys heard about this? Mm-mm. You never heard about this film? So they remade it, I think in the 90s or whatever, the the new 13 ghosts. But this one, they literally have like ghosts on the screen that if you look through the blue thing, they reveal themselves. It's like these like red floating ghost and then there's blue ones so it's like this gimmick cool william castle used to do these gimmicks where he did, had a film called the tingler and he had uh, people sitting in the audience and like their seats would tingle during uh, or like vibrate during certain scenes and stuff so he had all these gimmicks and the one we watched last night i guess that was wednesday night was 13 ghosts and it was sadly a pretty boring movie outside of the little um gimmick <laughs> it, there would be this like blue sc- screen that pops up and that's when you put the glasses on and those parts were obviously really cool, but then the re- you had to sit through all this other boring stuff to get there, <laughs> sadly. So, but that's those are my last four. Love it. I devour films. If you ask me tomorrow, I'd like these are the new four films I've seen, <laughs> you know, that are not <laughs> on this list because I'm crazy <laughs> like that. So, so yeah. No, I love it, man. Uh, that's awesome. I didn't know anything about that Thirteen Ghosts thing, and I'm very fascinated. I love anything that tries to like do something interesting with film, even if it's not always a hit. But the fact that he was like trying to, was it kind of like 3D glasses kind type of thing? Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, you know, 3D, like the old 3D glasses are like blue on the right yeah, and, and, yeah. and red on blue the left red. or whatever the color is. This thing is like, you look through like viewfinder, it's double, like the top part of it's all red. The bottom oh, part's all blue. Okay, cool. And you're able to go back and forth and, and like look at the ghost or hide the ghost, depending. Basically, they're <laughs> like, if you're cool. too scared, look through the blue one and then they go away. And so it's like this screen is is blue, but then there's like these red ghosts that are popping up. I don't really know how the technology works. I guess the, the blue cancels it out or red cancels it out or something. But yeah, but so. yeah, it was those parts are really cool. The sound design was pretty great, actually, too. So it was like, oh, I was like, sorry to think maybe I can program this at my friend's place. And then I was like, no, it's too boring, unfortunately. Like, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want people to sit through this, you know. So so anyway, that's my those are my last four. So that. did that Blu-ray uh, come with the 3D glasses? Is that like part of like a package thing? It's a long story. I watched it with some people <laughs> that had had them, and they made their own because I guess you could oh, buy cool. the, the original ones on eBay or something. But you, he, they like made their own. They bought like blue gel and red gel and made their own like cardboard thing, and it looked legit. I don't know how oh. they did it, but it, it was so. Maybe some Blu-ray release out there does do it, but 
the film itself looked really good. The fourth, the it was not 4K. It was the the black and white was super good looking, and when it went to blue, like I said, you look through the glasses. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I haven't looked into the release. I was just happy to watch a, a gimmicky film like that, like like Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in yeah. 3D. We'll get there, but that was yeah. we, 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 oh, we, we won't spoil <laughs> that. But we did we did the gimmick. Yeah. It was great, so we'll get there. So yeah, that yeah. blew my mind. That title, I did not see. I did not realize it was coming. <laughs> I I re I rewatched Get Out. That's kind of like a yearly one at this point for me when Halloween comes around because just it really is so good and it like like you said already, but it really does like expand every time you watch it and every line I kind of get a little more how it connects to the themes and things. Um, totally, and it's just like a really well well built like tightly packed movie. So that's awesome. Angelo, you want to go next on on your last four? Yeah, like like Johnny mentioned, I was there at the uh, screenings last night. Shout out to our friends Five Six Four Presents. Yeah, you could follow them on Instagram Five Five Six yeah, Four Presents, and it's kind of a, a secret thing. So if you follow them, you will figure out how it works. But follow Five Six Four nice. Presents on Instagram, and uh, <laughs> I'll tell my friend I plug yeah. them on the podcast. <laughs> We should talk about Turbo Sleepover after this yeah, last Yeah, do you want to ring up your oh, Turbo? Or, okay. Uh, if you're, if yeah, you're cool we'll, with we'll it, do you want me to just jump on you before we get to you? Are you cool with that? I don't you mind might... if you want to talk about Turbo now. That's cool. Let's just knock it out. I, yeah, I yeah. promised my friend I would talk about it as soon as possible, and I almost forgot to bring it up. So let me just get out of the way if you don't mind. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, yeah. So, yeah, so the pandemic ended, or we are safely able to be together, and my friend Jake Dilly and I got together and watched films i had this new 4k projection like surround sound like thing that i got for the pandemic to get me through it and we i think the first the first film we watched was the shining and it blew our minds because it looked it looked and sounded so good we naturally were like oh we should do this more often and then we we just morphed into these like marathons that have like themes to them and stuff and i admit we we do way too many i (laughs) i'm a filmmaker you know needing to make films and we we do these marathons like crazy but why did I bring this up? See, now I started it without having a reason why I brought it up. I think you're just plugging it. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I'm. I guess I'm just plugging it. I, I'm plugging Shout it because out. you could follow us on Letterboxd and Instagram, Turbo Sleepover. And every time we have one, in fact, Angela and I have one on Monday. Yeah, we won't reveal yeah, the lineup. Right. You can follow us, and you'll find out what it is. And we nice. we basically list the films we're watching, and by the end, we tell you what the theme is. And it's usually like a funny punchline. You know, what the final film's like so bad it's good, like some shitty film that we can laugh at. So. Fuck yeah. All right. That's on, on to you, Angelo. So yeah, sorry about that. I just had to get my <laughs> no, Turbo that's, Sleepover out of the uh, way. So. Indirectly, I think Turbo Sleepover has been shouted out. We heard your one of your set lists. I think last week, Angelo, was that a Turbo Sleepover 6 movie? Oh, that was the new Beverly Marathon. Oh, we dang went it. Yes, yes. Never mind. My bad. The Halloween special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, movies. yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going to nerd out a little if oh, you don't, you don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll do the sums we've done with Angelo. So we, we did one called The Hood, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> And it was uh, <laughs> Do the Right Thing and Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And then we went into The Next Level Down, which is yeah. Tales from the Hood. And Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. That's a long title. Oh, my gosh. And then we naturally had to do Leprechaun in the Hood, followed by Leprechaun yeah. Back to the Hood. <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. where We usually do one one so bad it's a good movie, but we're like, you know what? There's two Leprechaun movies in the hood. Of course we have to do both of them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, we made an exception and watched six so films great. that night. And, of course, it was incredible. It was, like, yeah. profound art films at the beginning, built like all built up to, like, the worst fucking <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood, like, bullshit. It was so good. It was so fun. <laughs> and you can, if you go on our Instagram, you'll see all our other lineups. I'm proud of basically all of them. So, so yeah. So, anyway, that's, that's my little pitch for entertainment go ahead sorry sorry angelo to no. take over your uh, oh, it's all good. no it's always a great time at the turbo sleepovers man totally. always always a fun time and uh, 
it always comes up with the coolest like lineup and like this one coming up i don't know if you should say it just no yet, don't say it don't say it yeah next. i know i know yeah. but i'm just like that is i did not expect that and, and it's always a fun way to end like the night after watching some really great movies we, we try to pick so yeah it's, it's usually like the formula is like a really great art film followed by like a short film that's a little bit easier to digest because we just watched a profound film then we watch a mainstream film. So that's when the missed outfighters come in, you know, something fun yeah. and accessible. Then we'll throw like another, like a Lynch film in there or something, another like hard hitter. And then we'll watch some, some terrible, so bad it's good film, like surf ninjas or some dumb shit, you know, like to laugh at it. Something we watched as a kid. Yeah. So that's, it's, we just kind of a formula to it. Maybe I'm a little hard ass about it, but I like the, the flow of it. It's all about the energy. It's like the theme is fun. But if we have four slow movies in a row, I'm going to want to jump out, yeah. of, out of, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's all about the energy, the experience and stuff. So it, we usually like You're, to pick shorter films if we can, but yeah. And we, and we also don't do any repeats. Like if you miss <clears throat> the turbo, I'm sorry. Like you're not going to be able to watch it unless you want to just watch it like as a double feature with me or something, but we don't do repeats because mm -hmm. it just makes it, I don't know. Just, I don't want to watch big trouble in little China six times. Like I love it. I'm just saying it's going to, it's going to not be as fun as a, as a lineup. If you, you know, always make it a surprise to the audience if they follow us, like what's going to oh, happen yeah. next. So, so anyway, start. It's a one-time thing. If you're there, you're there. You're there. You're and I, I'm sure I love it, man. everyone who's been there, we I rotate with some friends. They're probably like, Oh, I can't believe you show once upon a time in Hollywood without me. What the fuck? You know, like, Oh, I'll never get to watch <laughs> that in turbo. It's like, Oh, well, tough tits you know so <laughs> anyway sorry Angela. oh no worries but yeah you always a fun time and always well curated and well balanced it's a variety of films that's just the way to go and yeah it's, it's always Thanks, always great thank you thank for you. always having me over of course so yeah we watched yeah as you said friday 13th part six and child's play 2 last night which was epic i've never seen that well we saw child's play 2 with an audience before johnny when we did the chucky marathon yeah last so, year, so yeah angela is my my uh my marathon but we did uh, Charles played one through five at the New Beverly, and that, that's the perfect marathon right there. The first film's a solid classic. Second film's like shorter, fast paced. Third one's accessible. You know, the fourth one is really good. Uh, what was it? Uh, Bride of Chucky. Yeah. And the Seed of Chucky is the so bad it's good film that we laughed at the whole time. It's like literally the perfect structure is the first five yeah. of those in a marathon. So it's a it's a it's built, a, the perfect uh, experience uh, turbo yeah sleepover. yeah totally it was a turbo <laughs> sleepover with with an audience so 100 uh, yeah. agree yeah that's awesome i i need to watch child's play too i just have to throw that out there because i love i love child's play but i don't think i've ever seen the second one actually have you Not seen that I no okay cool, i need cool. to do this whole franchise so uh <laughs> chucky is actually one of my like i saw too much of it too young where it scarred yeah. me for a long time and so it's been one that i've like wanted to do like a full binge rewatch, like basically a mar you know, marathon of them all. So it's kind of what I've been holding back. Friday the 13th is now done, which was <laughs> totally. a big one on my list. I feel like I need to go back to Nightmare on Elm Street after yeah. finishing this, but sure, we won't sure. get into it. I'm very I'm encouraged. Now, it might be this Halloween that I watch Chuck. Go for it. Yeah, this. they like I don't know if you're like a physical media nerd, but they just released like all of them on 4K, like all together. Probably way too much money, but they're all new prints and they all look... <laughs> really good i haven't seen i haven't seen the, the new ones like there's like the, the last like six through whatever but yeah you should there it's a pretty solid franchise it's like hellraiser we don't need to get into that but like after five oh, like yeah, five yeah. and on is like the, the most boring thing i've ever seen but anyway we can yeah. move on <laughs> sorry to keep stomping over angela oh, you're good. like the no, sixth good. time <laughs> i finally got into hellraiser last year and love Hell, hellraiser the first one blew my mind kind of yeah have the you first seen? one's incredible i couldn't believe it how good because i i knew pinhead 
and like so i kind of knew like i was like oh i, I get it and then i watched I was like oh this is you know so much more than pinhead so angela <laughs> sorry you saw child play 2 last night <laughs> oh yeah yeah no <laughs> um i have to agree with you that i think it is the best chucky movie and especially last night just like it just really like hit me like with all the everyone laughed at the right bits and everyone was surprised with the the right bits and it was a great pair with jason lives because i realized both movies have some similar things in common you have a protagonist that like no one believes him exactly. that a killer is on the loose and then you have a final girl who's also a babysitter like helping to fight this you know killer you know in both movies so like it was fun man and both movies don't take themselves so seriously and I love just the animatronics and Child's Play 2 and the production. We'll, we'll get into Jason Lives. I won't say that just yet. But, right, right. But Child's Play 2 is fun, especially I just started watching the series. I finished the first season, and for any Chucky fans, it, it really is like the celebration of all the movies together. And I won't spoil for anyone that's listening, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of surprises. It's really fun. Awesome. Love that. And then... So yeah, that was the screenings last night, and the other two movies we also we also saw together uh, this week. Uh, Mandy at the Vidiots, which was my first time, our first time, right? It was your first time as well, Johnny? At the, oh, in, uh, in a theater, Vidiots yeah, theater, yeah. yeah. We've officially turboed that one. So that I'm just sorry, I know, I know, but we did just to keep talking about it. We did we did a two day we did a two day epic one. It was called Wizard Sleeves, right? So every single movie had like like long hanging sleeves in it. So like like lord of the rings was in there because you had to do a wizard one with that um what else was there like fantasia <laughs> has a little wizard sleeve and mm-hmm. mandy the, the main the main villain has these long sleeves that look like lizards and stuff and it all built up to the borat and <laughs> you could put if you've seen borat it'll, you'll put you could put two and two together for what, what a wizard sleeve is a is a great punchline but anyway so we, we watched mandy here and of course it blew our mind but when we saw it in theaters a couple days ago with uh the producers elijah wood and daniel noah from spectre vision were there and, and it was just super fun but mm-hmm. the, the sound design and like production design, everything just blew us away seeing it in an actual theater so that was a very special experience but sorry to, to, to stop stomp on you oh, explaining yeah, no. it i just i'm excited no, it's all good i was the one who brought up because we, we saw that one together as well and that yeah. was on my last four so it was and it was a great experience, first time at Vidiots, and it was great seeing the producers there. Yeah. And um, the audience reaction was fantastic. Everybody applauded at the right moments. Like, this is like the kind of like a Nick Cage celebration movie at the same time. Like, it's such a blast. And the sound was great in the theater. It was, yeah, wonderful time. And then the last movie on my list cool. that I saw was a movie called The Entity from 1982, which was a really well-made movie, but also very hard to watch, as you were right, Johnny, about that. <laughs> that it's a really rough film, but it's really good, really good. Yeah, ghost rape is never fun, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's we not, are very opposed to that on this podcast, for hoop, the record. So, so yeah. The, yes, we're anti. The... <laughs> it was the eighties. Anyway, it's a you know it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a classic film. I, I've actually only seen it once, but yeah, it's it's not it's not. I don't run to rewatching it naturally, but yeah, Angela watched it for the first time. Understandable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah never seen that i've actually never seen mandy either that's one that's been like on my list to watch yeah. for so long and i just never have but i've, I've heard really great i don't want to be a snob so. about that but that's 100 percent film you need to wait till you see it in a theater because it's it's uh, okay, it's I'll like that. designed to be an original experience with like amazing visuals uh funnily enough hellraiser too there's some hellraiser imagery there's like these like you know what I'm talking about, Angelo? Those like Cenobite guys that pop up and they have like these weird looking yeah. not not to ruin anything, but those like Cenobites and Hellraiser, there's like a similar kind of imagery thing to some uh these weird 
Yeah, there's the Andy. Yeah, I think I'll think you'll, maybe you should just watch it, and then second time you watch it, watch it in the theater. But yeah, Mandy's very special. It's I mean, and then you get Nick Cage too, so it's like. Of course, Nick Cage kicking ass is like the best thing in the world. So that's kind of like prime reboot Nick Cage, where he started really doing like real movies again. Or maybe it's a little later in that phase, but there was a lot of like Pig around that time or, or mm-hmm. after. Yeah. But oh, a lot of really, totally really the, good stuff yeah, the Cage doing. Renaissance. Yeah. Well, was that? Do you have more, Angela? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, that was all that. four. Because yeah, we had the same. That was it. Uh, first two. So cool. Well, I'll do mine fast because we are going to cover all of these very soon. But I did Freddy vs. Jason most recently. Then before that, Jason goes to hell. Then part seven, or part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. Friday 13th, part seven, The New Blood. I started these in like September. No, it was like August. And then watched one in September and then basically finished them all in the last week. And I kind of wish I'd watched them more compressed. But I'm excited to talk about them. I have a lot of thoughts about just my impression on them. And I'm excited to hear yeah, what you guys think about them. There's one movie that's technically not my last four. And, uh, you know, it's, it's probably pretty basic. But I did watch. This is one I've been wanting to watch during Halloween for a while. I don't know even know how to say it, but Hawkson. Oh, yeah. Hawks it's like an old silent witch. film, right? Hawkson. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like it's supposedly like part documentary, part like recreation of what really happened. But it's. It was an interesting movie. It, it was it was pretty surprising. There's a lot of imagery, like especially the recreations are really interesting. Mm-hmm. And like the devil, they do a really he's really freaky. And that you've probably seen clips or images of that if you haven't seen it. But it was cool. Honestly, very kind of boring. I had to break <laughs> it up. Silent film and, and keeps cutting to interplates and stuff. But the point was there's a ton of imagery that I feel like has really been adopted in like the the Vivitch specifically the the, the new witch movie. Oh yeah, yeah the. There was certain things I felt were like very directly inspired by the imagery in that. And then a lot of kind of that that new A24 like horror aesthetic of, of things being very grounded and realistic, I guess maybe. I, it's not the right way to say it, but it was an interesting movie. So I'd, I'd recommend it if, just as like a, a history thing. <laughs> it's homework. It feels like homework. Yeah, again? yeah. <laughs> a a yeah. little bit. I, I, I hesitate to call movies that, but there are some where you're like, yeah, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, no, it, there, but, there are some incredible little... silent films, but I do I do appreciate Hexon. I've only seen it once, but it's the same. I did lean towards being more homework homeworky than like watching i don't know dr caligari or like metropolis or something yeah, uh, yeah we don't <laughs> yeah For metropolis sure. has a different cut that's all the 80s music that's super fun but anyway yeah oh, oh yeah cool. anyway so Mar- yeah it was like in the 80s like giorgio marauders cut and it's like 80 minutes long synth music there's a like queen pops up in there pet benatar <laughs> and it's like and they like they've like Dude, that yeah it's awesome. so yeah. so fun we turboed at it actually for robots uh, that was the first film we watched yeah so yeah definitely and then and then naturally when i see anything i'm always thinking oh we should program this so we ended up showing it at uh at my friend david's at 564 presents and that was a big hit too everyone had a good time with that and uh, you know so yeah i should have danced i should have got up and started (laughs) yeah you really should have i did (laughs) (laughs) i was in in my i was gripping in my seat that's enough so yeah so that was very fun last four i appreciate you guys sharing all that and excited to talk Friday the 13th, but before we do, we'll take a quick break and jump back into it. Sweet. Sounds good. Awesome. Back in the early 70s, big change was happening in the movie business. There had been success with the documentary forms and with handheld cameras. And, and there was a sense of anything was possible. You know, just grab your camera, grab your equipment, get in the back of the station wagon, go shoot it. You can compete with the big guys.
Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? Friday, the 13th. You may only see it once. But that will be enough. Friday, the 13th. Welcome back from the break. We are here now to get into Friday the 13th. I have spent, I know you guys did too, but what is it for all the movies? It's got to be like 20 hours about for all of them. Averaging somewhere around 90 there. minutes, so 90 times 12. I could pull up my calculator 10, if you like. 900, <laughs> 900 then, and then divided uh, by what, you know. 1080 minutes, 1080 divided by 60 now. But let's just say every two movies is three hours, so that's that's, what is that? Six times three, 18, 18 hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 18 hours, and I, I enjoyed all of it. I really did, and I can't wait to talk about it. I truly don't know where to begin, so I just want you guys, Friday the 13th, what is it to you? And Angela, you want to go? Because I know you've been excited to talk about this, too. This franchise, like, before watching, I watched this whole series for the first time a few years ago. Like, maybe, I don't know when, but definitely, like, after I was getting into the Halloween franchise. And, I mean, I've only seen, like, bits of the series. My first, like, Friday the 13th film was Jason X when I was younger. I had no idea of the context of what, what was happening, but I, we were all having a good time with my cousins. We were just laughing and you know, and I'm like, okay, this is a killer in space. Like, I've never seen this before. And then as the years go on, I would catch some on TV because I know, like, around Halloween time, they always screen, like, the movies on AMC channel back in the day. So I would catch whatever I can. So, but I, when I finally watched all of it a few years ago, I was like, this franchise is awesome. But it's also, like, like interesting where the route it goes. Because when you watch the first film, you don't expect where it's going to go next and thinking, like, they're going to milk, like, <laughs> this into so much movies and and taking it into crazier directions yeah. and but i love the franchise i think it's probably one of the most fun slasher like franchises ever so totally i'm a, I'm a film professor a history professor so i'm going to talk about the history of the film just to get us get us going so so 1978 halloween comes out it's a, a largest you know grossing independent film of all time a huge deal and it friday the 13th the origin of that was the producer uh, who ended up being the director he put an ad in the paper said Friday the 13th. And I, f- I forgot the tagline was like the most terrifying day in horror or something, something like that. Something. Mm-hmm. And he made the poster and there was all this buzz about it. And and then they like wrote the script in like six weeks to four, a month, whatever it was, something absurd. And they were like shooting it. Like, like it was super rushed. So they started with the poster cynically as like Halloween was a holiday. Let's do Friday the 13th then. Right. And so once Friday the 13th came out, it was a massive hit. And of course, what are all the other producers going to do? They're going to create all the other holidays. So it was My Bloody Valentine and Black Christmas was before, but we've brought Black that Black Christmas up. actually inspired Halloween. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm trying to think of any holiday yeah. like uh, Leprechaun eventually. Oh, that's right, uh, that's right. New, New Year's Evil, uh, Christmas New Year's Evil. Evil? <laughs> you can see where we're going here. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was made as a cash grab. You know, and, and naturally what they made the second film, third film, fourth film, they were making like one a year for a while, yeah. basically just making a shit ton of money. So, 
so yeah, it's a franchise that is not trying to be art. It's really just trying to, <laughs> you know, back then, you know, show you nudity and kills, and that's what brought people to the audience and uh, you know to the watch it. And yeah, that's the origin of Friday the Thirteenth. It was just a poster <laughs> that they realized there was going to be a huge audience for it, and they went for it. And I had uh, thought of this title some time ago called Friday the Thirteenth. And I said to myself, if I had a film called Friday the 13th, I could sell that. And Sean called me up and said, um, Halloween is making incredible money at the box office. Let's rip it off. That is keeping it real. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take out an ad in Variety and put at the top, from the people who brought you Last House on the Left comes the most terrifying film ever made. Friday the 13th. And that's all we had. We really didn't know what we were going to make. We just wanted to see if anybody would be interested in buying it. Pretty amazing because yeah. generally making a movie just to make money is, you know, you. but it really worked out for them. So I guess I'll, I'll jump into the first one. So this is my first time seeing it. And I'm very curious. So the first one is like I came into it expecting Jason and I knew Jason with the mask and I knew he killed people and you know, it's about kids at a thing. And it's like, okay, this is pretty much like the archetypal slasher movie. Now, like this has become like more or less the poster child for slasher movies, like kids having sex, some guy killing them all. Right. First one, we'll get into it. There's no, there's no Jason as like a villain. He, right. The first one. So spoilers, here we go. First one is actually his mom. Right. And she is killing people to get revenge for her son who had special needs and wasn't being people weren't considering them. And he ended up drowning at this at this camp. Right. And so the mom is basically getting revenge for all these camp counselors who are too busy drinking and partying to help her son. And I was surprised at how, how much of the movie felt possibly trying to highlight the the how people with special needs were treated in society back then and and like most good horror films there was a lot more depth to it than just being a killer movie like they did have this thing where it was revenge for something that was like legitimately horrible and so jason was much more of like a sentimental figure and only appears in the end as a dream and metaphorically the girl says he's still in the lake he's still in the lake meaning the pain of that death is still affecting people now is that a good like was I guess what I was wondering was, was there a filmmaker who made the first one with like a lot of like love or is that just like happened to be the story they made? Cause now that you're telling me, like I was surprised yeah. almost to hear it was just like, a, a. am trying not, it's so funny to me that like, it's no, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but it's like, you're, you're finding like this profound statement in a film that was made for like, get it done quickly, get it out there. You know, it was like, I don't think if, if it's, <laughs> It was made just to make money. Like, let's start with Man, yeah. That's so interesting. It, it was. It really was just like let's mm-hmm. just get uh, kids together. Any excuse at a, to have. Uh, yeah, let's get them. Let's go to go to the, the room together and get naked, and, and then he's gonna come and kill you, and so on and so on. And like, I don't think it was not coming from a, a spot of like some person was trying to tell this profound story for years, and they finally got to make it. It was kind of like, hey, go write. Or the even script. that they okay, knew great. somebody who it. had had an, ex- you know, they were, ma- you know, there was some mm-hmm. kind of like personal note. It felt, it, it just felt personal kind of to me. Interesting. Which is hilarious because yeah, no, it sounds like sure. it, it's a total misread. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, that it was like the second draft. And if you know anything <laughs> about scripts, there's the first draft, which is like terrible. And then there's a, the, the second draft, you get notes and it's slightly better, but it could be, you know, 10 drafts. Apparently Jordan Peele says it took him 200 drafts to write Get Out, Crazy. just to give you context yeah, yeah. of how rushed the script 
uh, wow. this, uh, how rushed the script was was like they like got some notes and they did it and they were like making it like two weeks later you know it was it was one of those things so I, I wouldn't I'll go ahead and just say I don't think they were trying to make any profound statement with this film they were just literally trying to make money and and and, and you know it, it is what it is like we now we sit back and watch these things and, and laugh at them or laugh with them or whatever and that that's fine you know yeah, there's totally. nothing wrong with having a good time but I don't think I don't think it was trying to say anything profound. And based on what I've seen from documentaries and stuff, so yeah. <laughs> the producers said they just wanted to replicate the success of Halloween and just like make a really cheap movie and then hope for big earnings, which this movie did. Like it only cost five hundred thousand, and they made like forty million domestically, sixty million worldwide, and so they made bank. This is why we have this franchise. Yeah, so. Angela and I keep referring to a documentary. So I, I gave him the homework assignment of watching a seven-hour seven documentary about the making of the entire franchise yeah. just because I wanted <laughs> to be able to talk to him about all these little fun facts throughout the whole thing. So he and I have all these weird nuggets of, of, uh, of, of research in our minds because we just went through it. But yeah, so it was it – was, that's the story. It was really just – maybe the most cynically film ever so made is just let's get make money. Let's just go make a lot of money right now based on Halloween success. And yeah, so <laughs> if you think about it like this, like Paranormal Activity, right? So there's – you got Blair Witch Project in 99, and it's found footage, huge deal. And not until you made uh, Paranormal Activity, I don't know how many years later, like 10 years later, that came out. And that spawned all these found footage films for the next what you know whatever years. Same thing happened with with uh, Halloween. It was Halloween, two years later, Friday the Thirteenth, and then there was like a hundred slashers a year for like the next ten years, basically, until people got burned out on them. So yeah, so it was like it's usually like the, the cash crab movie that <laughs> tells producers, wait a second, this is cheap, let's do it, make tons of money, and let's write, bleed it till it's dry, you know. And, and it all comes from Friday the Thirteenth. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, well, it, it worked on me all the way to Freddy versus Jason pro Jason. Like I actually had a ton of like, like empathy towards Jason the whole time. Like that, that first movie impacted the way I saw him the rest of the time. Interesting. And so that's, I, I actually kind of love that it wasn't even meant to be that I'm just a sucker, but uh, well, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's great. Cool. So, so I, I enjoyed that. And I, to me, it was a huge twist that Jason wasn't in it. Cause again, I, I somehow I avoided like all spoilers for this. So I really was going into it like blind and the first movie you're sitting there waiting for him and he never shows up till the very end. And you're like, okay, I've seen that image of him. So that kind of makes sense. Like, so I'm sure the second one, but then the second one, you don't even get, jason with the mask that whole movie either so you're still not really getting like the full jason that has kind of become the iconic like visual of the movie franchise yeah yeah like the we'll get to the third one but it's inner the mask is introduced towards the end so the fourth yeah. one's the first official like this is what jason is he's from the beginning he has a mask and then they marketed that as the final <laughs> friday we'll get there yeah. they've done it three times throughout the franchise when they said they were done and we don't have to but, go in order by the way feel free to jump around as much as i oh for sure cool, but cool. in general it is fun to work through them chronologically uh, cool, yeah. but uh I'll, I'll i will gladly mention the weird things as we yeah. go through but uh but but yeah so i guess my history with it was i i've seen it my whole i've only watched the first one throughout my life like i don't know maybe maybe five times or something before i actually watched the whole franchise Scream Factory released this box set during the pandemic, and I watched all of them as quick as I can back together. And I was a lot of them made me very angry, which we'll get to as we go through. But but I I don't know. I got fascinated with the franchise. Like I kind of wanted to study it, and I was just like, I don't know. I, I got I've already seen the whole franchise now three times through since the pandemic started. Yeah. So, but yeah. Oh, I guess I was saying that 
when I first saw the first one, I was disappointed that that Jason wasn't in it. I was like, who the yeah. hell is this old lady? Like, what the hell is this? Like, she just shows. Like, it, it's like a who done it movie, right? <laughs> yeah. they, they, they don't set up. They don't show her. She's just here. I am. Yeah. I'm his mom. And ah, those those counselors were making love, and you know, and then they neglected my <laughs> child. And it's like, who are you, lady? Like, uh, you, Jason, uh, the who done it? You, you got to introduce the person. You don't just show up, and so which they do so, again. Yeah. So later I, the yeah, I'm trying to think of another mm-hmm. franchise that does that, where it's like when you when you fr- finally see it, you're like, oh, it's a, oh, I guess Child's Play was similar to that. Like the second one was where it really felt like it was kind of funny and stuff. The first one, he's like pretty serious, pretty freaky, stuff. Pretty, pretty full, yeah, creep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. But I, we were laughing, Johnny, during our, our screening of this movie, saying like, if you, when you know the twist, it's like imagining an old lady going around like killing all these people because you only see it from like the POV. And I'm always just like curious, reversing, how would she look like doing yeah. all this like killings? It's just just a crazy old lady just going around yeah, smiling. Yeah, it's like the, the whole first film is like <laughs> uh, like a point of view, and you don't know who the person is, and and you, so we, now we know who it is. It is like he said, it's funny to think of of this woman in this like nice sweater with like a machete or whatever instrument she was and the heavy breathing yeah it's just like just some like oh hi i'm mrs voorhees i'm here you know it's just funny when you find out it's like anyway i'm mrs voorhees an old friend of the christies and we bring in betsy palmer we cast betsy palmer this is really my strong feeling for mrs voorhees that she should be somebody warm and comforting so when that door opens and the audience sees, it's, it's, it's this nice mother type. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. And you would think of her and be predisposed to think of her as a nice person, who then we find out is crazy. It's like reverse psycho. It's like instead of the mom yes, controlling the say. kid, it's like a, it's a kid controlling the mom. Seems very and for anyone who's, who's never, didn't know this, the, the sound when jason appears throughout the rest of the franchise is like <laughs> right that, oh, that's basically i think i just kill saw moms oh, yeah yes. kill mom that, that's wow yeah, yeah they edited it together oh, yeah. to be like yeah kill, like yeah, kill yeah, exactly. mommy or something so that's like yeah. the every time you hear that it's like jason's coming or whatever mommy. yeah <laughs> so yeah, I always thought that was his supposed to be his breathing, and it always reminded me of Black Christmas because Black Christmas, the POV stuff, you can always hear the heavy breathing of the killer as he's you know going through the house. That's int- I yeah, never picked up on the effective. words. Very scary. I like that movie. While we're on the first couple, the other thing that I absolutely was obsessed with throughout, like basically the whole franchise, was the soundtrack, the Henry uh, Manfredini soundtrack that's correct yeah i thought it yeah. was just like really really mm-hmm. good the first one seemed to be very inspired by like psycho you know i'm not an yeah. expert on anything but it reminded me a lot of it the second and the third, the third one, one. there's a bit of a spoiler are lower on my list personally for for my top oh it's all good i i i, I will get there i'll explain why I, I think that's i'll make a theory why the second and third one are low on your list we'll i'd there. love to hear it the soundtrack it enhanced everything i thought like perfectly and i just it was a lot of fun it, it added a lot of like the atmosphere to me 
the third mm-hmm. one especially is like this disco like you know the opening track is like yeah it's so funny and you got that yeah, awesome like 3D we're in 3D intro now in that one yeah it's yeah. 3D <laughs> but let's make it super dancey and 80s and disco or whatever the hell they're doing it's so funny yeah me and me and my wife cheered when the 3D beginning the 3D titles came up because again no idea was coming we actually didn't watch it in 3D but it just it was quite an intro and I, I loved it so should I share why I feel the second one was a letdown? Yeah, please. On a June night in 1980, Friday the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday the 13th, part two. Body count continues. My theory about part two is so when I watched it during the pandemic, I watched the first one and I was like, yeah, it's solid. I like that a lot this time. Second one comes on and I was like, wait a second. This is the same movie. Yep. And I was like, I feel so ripped off. Like this, what the hell? What the hell is this? And then you finally get Jason and he has a sack over his head. It's like, not even a mask. What is this? What? And you're just like watching this going like, what a letdown. What a letdown. And I, I will, I will, uh, I will spoil that it's actually in my top three. Oh, <laughs> now, okay, awesome. Now, so that's that's I knew this was going to happen because like because <laughs> uh, when I first watched it and then the, the third one comes on and it's like like 3D but you don't have 3D glasses on and you feel ripped off by that too and you're like what the hell is this? It's just and you're like we're only three in we have like nine more to go is it going to always just be like this? Yeah, and then yeah. when, so once you realize yes in fact all of the <laughs> movies are the same movie over and over and over then you start to appreciate like what they're actually doing. So when I rewatch the second one, every time I watch it, I like it more and more. Like I, I actually think it's the, to me the scariest of all of them. Hmm. And like mm-hmm. Jason's mask, it's not a mask, it's like the sack, but like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it actually feels the scariest. Mm-hmm. And I like the, the camp counselors more. I feel like the first one, even though Kevin Bacon's in it, I don't really feel anything for these people. Mm-hmm. They're just playing cards and like, you know, fixing the, 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 the building and, you know, and then whatever. Whereas the second one, there's like, there's a, a dude in a wheelchair and this girl's hitting on him and she like takes a joint out and she's like, Hey, you want to smoke? And like, and to me, uh, you know, I'm, I think that's cool personally. I'm like, Oh, she's, she wants to smoke mm-hmm. a joint with this dude, you know? And, and, and like there's <laughs> other, all the other camp counselors are, I don't know. They just had more character to them yeah. and it made me care more about them. And that's why it's a bummer when they're killed or whatever. There's a particular kill mm-hmm. with the wheelchair, not to, well, to spoil it, it, but it's like super memorable. Do you remember that? Like he gets he gets a machete <laughs> to his face and he goes down the stairs backwards. You know, yeah. so that's like a very iconic kill in, in, the, in the franchise. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also the shortest of all of them, like, which I, I, I appreciate short because if you're watching a marathon, the shortest one is always like the best thing. You know, the first they like recap the first film. Yeah. So if you want to just jump straight to the second one, you, you'll still get Jason and you'll get a re- recap at the beginning. So when the film actually starts at the recap, it's only like 70 minutes or something. Mm. So you're sitting there. Yeah, it's like a, it's basically a 70 minute movie. I just I that's the one I crave the most for some reason. Like, oh, I just want to throw the second one on. And as I watch it Interesting. now, when I watch one and two back to back, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm personally convinced the second one is better than the first one. Um, to my taste at least cool. i'm like it does this better it does that better for me personally on rewatches it, I, it keeps going up my list because last time it was in my it's my it's in my top three i'll just say that for mm-hmm. now but it, it's it's climbing pretty quickly at cool. this point uh, so a- angelo what are your thoughts on the second one because we never talked about our rankings mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. say my my yeah ranking told me the end, but I did love watching this one again because I also agree. Back then, I was like, well, like yeah, this is just nothing too special. Like it just felt like generic. Let's yeah. just make money and just do the same kind of movie. But with the new twist, where there's Jason's now alive, <laughs> you know, and you think like you were saying, mm-hmm. Caleb, about it being like metaphorical in the first film, and very funny that now it's like, oh, it's actually a living guy and how roaming around and murdering people. But I also agree that like. And rewatching it, I did. I did appreciate more of it, like being a little more darker, a little more creepier, and it's almost like a blend with the first one and also the bridge to the franchise we have now, because it gives us Jason Voorhees, like now oh, this is the guy now, like giving us the real vibe and what people want from the franchise. I understand that it would be very expensive to bring Mrs. Voorhees back to life, especially after we cut off her head. So you had to go somewhere, and of course, Jason was the most logical place to go. Part two was basically his journey on seeking revenge over the death of his mother. And that's a very basic foundation of storytelling. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. If you try to track that on any kind of a timeline, it makes no sense whatsoever. It just shows up so X number of years later, and uh, I, I don't know that uh, I'd want to try to fill in the blanks of what happened in between all those years. That, that's something I'll say, too, is like, the logic, like, people are like, wait, what's the logic of this? Why is Jason here? He was killed, you know? And, and I just want to tell everyone out there who's who's about to watch it or whatever, yeah. that it, this whole thing doesn't make any sense. So, like, once you just let go yes. of that, it, 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 you're, you're going to have a much better time. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not a logic police. I don't sit there going, wait a second. That would have meant he was only this much <laughs> old and this and that. And I'm like, I, I just let go. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it just, it's none of it makes sense. And like, there's a funny <laughs> thing about the timeline too, that like, I, I like they, they jump forward in time and like the third one or the fourth, whatever it is. And like, by the time they're in the nineties, it's actually like the year 20 I, in the eighties. It's like by the fifth one, they're already in like 1992 or something. Cause they keep jumping <laughs> forward every five years or something. Weird. Like this franchise is a complete mess. So just ex- embrace true. that. And just watch it for how dumb yeah. it is. Like, laugh at like how stupid it is. Like, it, it's it's it's. It, I have the most fun with this franchise mm-hmm. over any franchise. Like, maybe outside of Back to the Future, <laughs> which is actually quality. You know, this is mm-hmm. dumb shit. This is fun dumb shit. So, anyway. Which this franchise has Back to the Future. That's actors. a good point. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, it was directed by uh, Steve Miner. Uh, directed by Steve Miner, mm-hmm. who has went on to do. A lot of other notable horror films he did the third one of this as well and he also directed the the pilot for the wonder years so That's if crazy. you ever watched the wonder years growing up like it, it's the guy who made Friday the 13th part two is <laughs> who established the the visual look of that film come for the, the guy who made this film so anyway sorry to oh no you're <laughs> totally good That's dominate hilarious. the second one you can see how much i like it <laughs> no worries i i just wanted to add that like my when i first watched it i was mm. bummed when they killed off the first final girl from the original like i was uh, hoping that she was going to be the main character like this is like they're laurie strode of this franchise but she gets axed so fast and i was very like whoa like that is bizarre but i also kind of admired it it's like scream it's like it's like you think you're gonna get drew barrymore for the whole thing and then she's killed off and not to spoil scream no, yeah. but the opening it's like one of the greatest sh- hor- short ho- like horror films ever made yeah. is like <laughs> the screen it's like it's the, yeah so they they kill her off and it, they killed her off because they didn't want to pay her money like that's that's what i'm saying about this franchise it's not they're not trying to make anything profound they're like yeah. well if you're not gonna want to do it for this low rate we're gonna <laughs> kill you off hot girl and they didn't even give her a script they literally had her show up and improvise all of her lines so when you rewatch it just know 
she's making every every single thing up on the spot because they didn't bother giving her lines. And this is about so Friday every, Part Two, not Part Two. Scream, yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't. No, know no, that. no. Scream is meticulously directed and written is perfect. Yeah, but, but this this film, she she shows up. And they didn't want to pay her more money because she was in the first one. So they just gave her one day to come up here, make up all your lines, and they, they killed her off. Uh, so that's that's the kind of franchise we're working with. It's all about the money and not about the art. So Yeah, and then um, you mentioned Steve Miner. Apparently, he's the only person to direct two of the, big hor- uh, the horror big three with Jason, Freddie, and Michael Myers because he also directed Halloween H20. That's correct. Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. Which is also one of my favorites mm-hmm. in that franchise. <laughs> nice. So, so good for Steve Miner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, underrated. Yeah. Definitely an underrated yeah, one. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, then, th- so the third one is where he finally gets the mask. That's not till farther into it. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods, <laughs> unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th because 13 is an unlucky number and now you can't even keep him on the screen Friday the 13th part 3 in 3D now when it comes to killing in Jason's woods Jason will come to you Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. So you love 2. Does 3 also rank fairly? I mean, you don't have to say exactly where it ranks, but are you also pretty pretty big fan of 3? No, less lesser so. It's still kind of up there because, as you know, the French, you know, there's a lot of shit in here, I got to say, you know, so it's it's still fairly near the top. One of the more of the classic entries, early entries. Angelo and I, luckily enough, got to watch it in 3D because mm. I have my projector is awesome. 3D. It, it get, I give it an extra half star for just mm. that alone because when the third one came on, like I said, I watched it on my TV before mm-hmm. I had a projector and I was let down by, it was just like yo-yos going at the screen. Like, it's just <laughs> like, Oh my God, it's so cheesy. And it's not even in 3d. And then when you watch it in 3d, it's, it really does make it work better as a <laughs> film or at least as an experience, because there's like my favorite scare in the entire franchise is when this snake goes at the screen and it's like this jump scare where the snake is suddenly right in your face. And like that, you don't, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in horror films. You don't have a, something coming at the, out of the screen towards you and I'm afraid of snakes and there's one in my face, you know? Mm-hmm. He shoots a harpoon at the camera. Yeah, he shoots a harpoon at the camera. <laughs> and the, really sound, the sound design and the, the 3D effect, mm-hmm. it feels like it literally goes through you. It, it's, it's like, oh my God, it like viscerally affects you, you know, like the way they handle the experience. So cool. I, I think 3 gets a lot of shit because it's like, oh, it's just a 3D, like you, you can't even, when you finally can watch it in 3D, which is really rare, because even in the 80s, it was red and blue. It wasn't like a proper real 3D or whatever. Yeah, it, it makes it feel like this is a more enjoyable experience. But it's, it's you know, it's still got a lot of funk to it. Like, did you like t- 3 more than 2? I'm just curious. So I was just double checking my ratings. Yeah. <laughs> I did put it higher. They're, they're basically a wash to me, though. I think I just put it in because yeah. the 3D <laughs> gimmick was exciting to right. me. One thing I'll say, all of my my comments, I'll put a caveat that as I finished this last night and watched Freddy versus Jason to wrap it all up, I immediately was like, well, I need to rewatch all of them now that I finished it because now I know what it is. And so now I have, you know, where the first time I, you know, especially with the influence of like it's it's role in pop culture 
where it's it's really I don't want to say it's misrepresented, but especially the first three movies, like we've talked about, like you don't even get Jason with the mask. So it's really doesn't even become, you know, that for a while. I think rewatching and then especially hearing your guys' thoughts on two and three, it makes me much more curious now to, to revisit. Yeah, I did have three higher just because of the 3D gimmick. <laughs> I'm a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. When I, when I first watched this franchise, I was just so confused. I was like, I was like, well, maybe this one's better because of this little thing and that little thing. It's like, you're just like, why is this thing? Why is this franchise a thing? There's just so much bad, so many bad decisions made. And it's just so like, what the logic, you know? And then like, again, like it's almost like watching a train wreck. You go out and rewatch it and you're like, Oh, this is fascinating. Like they did this, they did that. And once you hear like the, the, the stories of how things are made, there's like continuity errors that I look forward to that excite me. So like in the second one, someone shoots a pebble at this, this girl's, like with a slingshot at this uh, girl's like right butt cheek and then she grabs her left butt cheek and she goes ow like there's there's like talentless amounts of things like that like the second one the character that i like the most she's like with this, this guy in the wheelchair and she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'll be back and she goes and she has these like sexy black underwear on and she takes them off and then she puts on these like old granny panty like brown satin pant- panties thinking they're hotter for some reason and it's just that stuff like that where you follow with your mind you're like what the hell are these filmmakers thinking like who let this happen right yeah, so I when that. i rewatch it i'm like i'm like applauding like oh this is the scene where they do that dumb thing you know and i start like it's like this one has so many dumb things that i put it high on my list because i look forward to watching it like really? this yeah. franchise that's mm-hmm. what the franchise is to me is like is like looking forward to the dumb stuff and you know that's why too is has a lot of stuff that makes me happy for some reason <laughs> but he's right the 3d was really good like and i can't imagine red and blue i feel like it really needed yeah, that like definitely. more okay. like clear 3d because that snake part and yeah the harpoons it's just like wow they actually made this really 3d and because they shot it with real 3d cameras back in the early 80s frank mancuso senior and i sat in an office in toronto and discussed the idea of really trying to do something radically new in film that would help the theaters out a great deal. And what kind of a movie should we make? Should we do something like Star Trek 3D, which is what was originally discussed, or should we try to do something that's horror and to try to really break the ground in horror films? Um, We spoke a lot about the horror films that came out in the 50s in 3D. Yeah, they should they should re-release it in theaters and yeah, the next Friday Thirteen. Millions of people really like confused. Like, what was that oh, dumb movie? <laughs> you know, people who don't watch the franchise go watch this they, one. They should have done it this. Yeah, this they should year. re-release it and disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, Angela and I cool. actually caught uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original 1978 film in 3D last year in the theaters, and it was super fun. Not an interesting story. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> yeah, especially now that they kind of have the technology yeah. down better. I mean, I don't know how much you can update them, but. I definitely was somebody who got sick from 3D stuff growing up. And I feel like it's at the point now where I don't get nausea anymore, which is like awesome. Like I thought Avatar in 3D, the new one was actually like incredible. Right. I blew my mind actually. Oh yeah. The 3D in the eighties like makes my eyes like, like, like cross-eyed. And I feel like I have a headache. Like even, even this film a little bit, it's like, Oh man, as technology gets better, like 3D is not as offensive to me. Cause like I, I didn't, I, I don't watch all, you know, 3D is like yeah. a rare thing. So when I, you know, like we watched uh, Force Awakens yeah. uh, in mm-hmm. 3D as, as, a, as a, the robot's turbo, that looked great. So when you're using proper brand new technology, 3D works well. When you go to yeah. like amusement parks, you know, it's really high quality. But watching these like Blu-ray things from the 80s, it's not really all that well done. And, but th- that this is the best it's ever going to look is watching it on proper 3D. 
not in red and blue, but I will predict you liked four a lot. Am I wrong? Three times before, you have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday, the 13th, the final chapter. Jason is back. I did like it a lot. And um, so I wanted to, as we're moving in past these first three, because to me, I know four is technically the end of the first kind of wave. But to me, the first three, four almost more kicks off the next wave to me, even though I know technically... You know, you can't kill Jason. Right. They were trying. By by like four, five, and then especially six, right. I had gotten into the rhythm more of the movies. And I was like, oh, I keep seeing Jason kill people the same way. And that makes like my brain happy. So I love this. Like, I love that now. Like, and just like catching Jason's, uh, how he kills people was really fun. And and like, I every time he stabs somebody through a wall or grabs somebody through a wall, I was like loving it. And I was like, okay, I, I felt like <laughs> at that point I was getting more into this, like, oh, and like, why did Jason die? What does it mean when he dies? Why is he coming back to life? Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, like you just, you just can't kill Jason and he's always going to be hunting these kids down. Like, that's it. It, it doesn't matter. Money. <laughs> yeah. A- Angela and I were realizing that like the majority yeah. of the kills are some kind of gimmick where he like pokes through something. So like he'll poke someone's eyeball out yeah. or in, through the other end or the knife will come through their mouth or he'll poke through two people at once with a spear. It's like everything's like we call it like pokies. He keeps poking people through in fu- in funny ways. Like it's like you yeah. know it's gonna come through the wall or in the in the fourth one it like goes through the projector screen into the back of the guy's head and he comes he falls down and there's like blood dripping all that stuff. It's like always some gimmick <laughs> yeah, yeah. of like some poking through something, yes. you know. And and then so you start to cheer at it. You're like, yeah, it's another dumb yeah, thing. Yeah, so you know much. that's what the franchise is. You're like, go be dumb. This is great, you know. So yeah, man. <laughs> I so, really yeah. no, I, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Because the first time, like I, I ever saw it, I was like, I hate all these characters, <laughs> and I forget, <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna see him die. This is the point. This is why we hate these characters because Jason's gonna kill ninety percent of these people. And then the more we watch it, I enjoy all the like, yeah, the kills, like that where he stabs the guy through the screen while he's watching that old uh, pornographic oh, film on an actual film projector, which was really fun. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed. Chris Glover, the more we watch it, like we were just laughing at his dance, like in this film. <laughs> really fun actor. Totally. Corey Feldman, you can't talk, you can't skip Corey Feldman. I mean, how special. I was going to say, oh, that's right. That's one of the, the best actors in the movie. I remember walking into the casting office and going, Friday 13th? I thought this was for Halloween. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 it's Friday 13th. And I was like, oh, right, of course, I knew that. Corey walked in there and he was so alive. And so friendly. And he and I just, we clicked. I went, I did my audition. And then at the end of it, I remember my mom telling me like, okay, they really liked you a lot, but they have some concerns. And I said, what are the concerns? And she said, well, they just think you're too small. And you know, it's not very believable that this little tiny kid is gonna pick up the machete and you know, whack the hell out of this, this six foot five bad guy. And I went, give me a machete. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> and I think that was the end of it. And and so as somebody, uh, as I told you, who was very much uh, interested in Jason's story sympathetically, it was very exciting to have the the core Jason story come back up as like a, a main point, like a, just jump to the ending. So so 
this is the first movie that goes i would i would say oh, it goes yeah. off script like the, a little bit end? because in this one yeah. so there's uh, cory just to give anybody who hasn't seen it a little background cory feldman is one of the main characters i'm already like losing facts but he's at the camp is he at is he at the camp or is he just live close by i i yeah i think he's yeah, he lives close by. I think he's like the the little brother of of the the, the one of the, the teenage camp counselors. I think they live they live there in Crystal Lake. Is that right, Angela? They're very close by. <laughs> Who knows? It's it's a mush. We watched. We I, I don't think we I don't think we mentioned this oh, yet. Yes. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned this on the podcast yet. But Angela mm. and I watched uh, uh, on a I think it was a, on Thursday on a Thursday night. We watched one through three. We went to bed and we woke up on Friday the thirteenth and we watched four five. And then seven through twelve, and we skipped six mm-hmm. because we were showing it. Like we watched that last night uh, with the double feature I mentioned earlier. So it's a big mush to us because we had just binged all of them so quickly. So like you know, Friday Thirteenth fans out there who are listening to this are probably like, "Oh, of course, he they were living there for this reason." And I'm like, "I'm sorry. Like I just zipped through them all quickly. My head's I brain my brain is completely melted at this point. Like I probably lost like at least twenty IQ points going through this franchise so quickly. You know." But yeah, he's he's the little brother of of uh, one of the, the he's she's like friends with all the other people who are killed off. So yeah, yeah, basically, there's always a bunch of kids getting killed. Corey Feldman was the brother of one of them. The big finale, he's trying to save his sister. They're trying to stop Jason. Corey Feldman had randomly seen a picture of young Jason in a newspaper because mm-hmm. this this one they kind of try to figure out the mystery of Jason. I think a little bit more, if I remember correctly. He tries to mimic young Jason's look, which is very unique. He's like bald. His face is con- like contorted, kind of like a hunchback of Notre Dame kind of thing. Which I don't know if that's mean to say. No, <laughs> no, no. It's good. I'm laughing. Visually, I think Jason goes Manhattan has a really funny thing we'll get to later. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, so the way he is able to slow Jason down, which no one has found a way up until this point, is to look like him. He comes downstairs and kind of yells at him, and it's enough to shock Jason where they're able to turn the table on him and kill him for the final time. Not really though. Uh, uh, but that scene blew me like away. Like I literally <laughs> shouted when he came down cause he started doing the hair and he had the picture. I was like, no way, dude, no way. And then he comes down and he has the look and I was like, what? Like, so I, I loved that. Like that was a, it was a game changing moment for the whole franchise for me. Jason! The second one ends with the main final girl like putting on his mom's sweater and like using psychology to be like, Jason, I'm your mother, right? And this yes, one's right, so that's weird. right. You know, and this one's the same thing, but the thing is Corey Feldman <laughs> didn't know that happened two years ago or whatever it was. So he shows up, puts this thing on, he's like, Jason, I'm you, Jason. It's like, what? Like like even as an audience member you're like it doesn't make any sense like i'm you so therefore you should not kill people yeah. like, I, it, like it makes how did no you sense. like jason no. look jason i look just like you it's like uh what well, that was one of the like, worst good, like endings like, like you know like it's, it's such a disappointing like what are you supposed to do with that like jason i'm you jason oh, okay and just seeing Corey feldman and basically like a ghoul halloween costume like very not super close to like at all he like he shaved his own head, but like there's still like like little bits of hair still there, like like strings yeah. of hair. It's like it's 
it's a very confusing ending. Oh man. You know, and uh, but we're I laughing and you know, Crispin Glover does a dance. Like it, it has a lot of yeah. fun stuff to rewatch and laugh at, so but it's pretty it's pretty much like he finds a newspaper clipping that has his picture and that's oh, like the only, it was like quick too. That's the only right. thing. Yeah, it's kind of bad writing. It's kind of like, oh, let's just throw show this for a second. And the whole audience is going to completely understand why dressing up like Jason is going to stop Jason, <laughs> yes. right? They should have been like mentioning it here and there throughout, and he should have read an article. You know, like proper storytelling is you you're in on it when you get there, you understand what's happening. Yeah, we're all we're all on a podcast right now, going like, what? Like we still don't. What is this? <laughs> like, this you know, so, and that's the franchise for you. It only gets more confusing. Yeah. Even on a third watch, I still forget. Like, where is that bit? And I always miss it. I would probably blink or just look away for a second. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, oh, how they don't give you much time to process it. Incredible. Yeah. So. <laughs> Supposed to be the last movie. They made a ton of money on it, though. So they said, "No, we're going to make more." And then you get kind of the real reboot in the fifth one. If the memory of Jason still haunts you, you're not alone. Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Yeah, so the fifth one comes out less than a year after they promised it was the final one because they just, of course, wanted <laughs> to make money. And this this one, I, 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 don't, I don't give this franchise shit for like the bad endings or stupid things but this this one in particular rubs me the wrong way and i'm gonna spoil it's like near the bottom for me it's a pretty fun experience there's a lot of interesting things going or fun things going on but like when we get to the ending as as you will get to it's like one of the most disappointing endings i've ever ever experienced (laughs) yeah yeah so as a first timer uh, what was your first what was your thought on uh, the fifth one what would you think about it a major disappointment definitely I assume this is a common thing done to save money because like I know TV shows kind of do this gimmick a lot too where like oh the bad guys all look like your neighbors like where it's like oh we don't have to have aliens like even um, no one will save you for a moment they had the aliens look like humans and I was really afraid the rest of the movie was going to be like humans as aliens and that felt like that was the trick this whole movie where it was just like because this is uh, to, to make sure I'm right. This is the one with no Jason, right? This yeah, they want. They, big... I guess they want you to make you think it's Jason, and then um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. I was mixing it up with a different one. Oh, I the think, ninth actually. one, the Jason um, goes to hell. Oh my god! Oh. Yes, <laughs> yes, that, that, that was real. We'll get really, really bugged me with bad endings and mm-hmm. also bad build-up for endings. This one was like, yeah. oh, it's that guy, and I was literally like. I must nope, have like nope. stopped watching at some point or like, cause I don't know who. And then it's like, it was the paramedics for the audience who I might not have see it, seen it. This one, the killer is not Jason. It appears to be Jason the whole time, but they kill him. And it turns out to be another person at the very beginning of the movie, the before even Jason, well, seemingly Jason comes around uh, the camp camp. Crystal Lake is now a camp for kids with mental health issues and one of the kids killed another kid and paramedics came and one of the paramedics just happened to be the father of the kid who got murdered by the other kid. And so in a frenzy, he dresses up like Jason to kill the kids. And you don't know until the very end of the movie and the paramedic, you literally see one time. And I don't think they say anything yeah. about anything with him. Yeah, exactly. So they introduce him for like a, a second. <laughs> Like basically, and then at the very end, I think I was. This is why like I'm laughing extra. at this. When they are explaining why he did it, they show the guy's wallet. Inside of his wallet is a picture of himself, 
so that we can we, that we can remember that <laughs> who the guy right. is. That's right. And then they go the then they go to the next picture, and it's a picture of his son who was murdered. But like the the, the storytellers put a picture. The guy has a picture of himself oh, in his own wallet, so that we understand as an audience what it is, and, and we still don't understand. We're both we're here on the podcast again, like you're yeah. saying this. We're like, what the hell? What what did yeah. you know? And so it's that's how bad the storytelling gets. And this is only the fifth, <laughs> fran- fifth entry, so that's why this is so fun to laugh at. I love it. So, so, so that one definitely felt like a footnote where I like finished it, and I was like, it almost felt like it was like, okay, so that technically wasn't like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, almost. So like now, like back to jason like it, it was it, it did yeah feel like so basically uh the whole audience was very disappointed naturally with the with the twist so in the next one they're like oh no we're gonna call it jason lives we're gonna promote jason's back don't you worry he's coming back he's coming back yes. you know because everyone was mm. like what the hell was that Dude. you know <laughs> but i th- yeah when i first watched this like like how the second one was like disappointing this one was like Oh hell no! This is this is the bottom of the list. This it will never get worse than this. This, this <laughs> franchise will never get lower than how disappointing this is. And I was I was very wrong. I like it every time I watch it. I like it a little bit more, but it's still, you know, it's still very disappointing. Because even at the end, he's dressing up like like Jason, and he's putting prost- he has to be putting prosthetics on himself, you know, because you know yeah. Jason has that like really morphed face. So <laughs> this guy is literally putting prosthetics yeah. over him his face, then putting a mask over it. And acting like Jason, it's like you didn't have mm-hmm. to do that, but you didn't have to get prosthetics to make your face look like you can't even see the you can't even see it because your mask is covering. Why did you put his prosthetics over your face? So he <laughs> falls like out of a window at the end, and like his mask falls off, and then you can see like his little face through the prosthetics like peeking through. It's like <laughs> it's and it's it's you dark. Like it. you, can, you can't you don't yeah. know who he is to see his and face. It's just like. And then you question the logic of why he put prosthetics on to have his neck look like Jason or something weird. And then there's the picture of himself in his yeah. wallet. So it's just terrible storytelling where like everyone's going, huh? Like, you know, you could have come up with like, it could have been like, uh, what's his name? Tommy Jarvis, Corey Feldman uh, character. He's like, he's in four, five, and six as all yeah. different actors. You, you could have just said it was him. He snapped yeah. and he started killing, <laughs> started killing people or something. And then Which the fifth one ends yeah. by suggesting... Yeah, the fifth one suggests that he's going to go on as being this killer who snapped. And then, of course, the sixth one comes along and wipes it out and starts fresh. Maybe I was the next Jason. Maybe it was the final chapter of this Jason. But maybe part five was going to be Tommy comes to fruition. Tommy comes into his own as the next great serial killer. And that was really the setup for where the franchise was intended to go. Any other thoughts on the fifth one? Because, yeah, that's another massive. You like the fifth one less than two. Am I right? I hope so. <laughs> I actually don't have. You have five higher than two. So, so tell me why you it, like. It, it, like, what are some things you like about uh, it that would put it higher than two? <laughs> so, really, why two and three got knocked the most? Again, like hearing you talk about more of like why you liked it, it definitely makes me want to revisit. But it it really felt like a repackage of the first two. Like, especially like being really excited to right. like get to more Jason stuff, where it's just like, oh man, like it's just. So it's going to be in like the same movie, but with Jason instead of the mom this time. And and so I'm my whole theory I had was totally wrong, it, and that's totally okay. But kind of what I imagined was the first one had some thought put into it, and there at least was like a setup for the villain. And then by the second one, they were just like, well, the mom's dead. What are we going to do? And it's like, well, what about the freak in the lake? And they're like, well, technically, he wasn't even like really there. Like, that's more of a metaphor. And like, yeah, he'd be a good monster. Right. And so then they just like rebooted the franchise. It was with Jason instead, since that you could build the franchise around 
big scary Jason, but you couldn't really build that around mom, the murderer. And so I felt like to me, it was just like kind of rehashing what we'd already done to reestablish like a new foundation to like build a franchise on. And so not fair now knowing more context, but just when I was watching them, I was just kind of like, all right, I want to get to more like what's, yeah. what this is actually so it's about. Disappointing. Like now. if you're watching it in real time, when it first came out, you didn't know he was going to get a hockey mask. You didn't know anything. It was just like, oh, here's the next evolution of his character, right? So when we watch it now, we're like, we have yeah. these expectations of like, oh, what, what is it? Gonna, and it's still not happening. I'll screw yep. all the ones until he's he's who he actually is supposed to be. But they didn't know that back then, right? So so the fifth one, mm-hmm. what about the fifth one? Um, made like made you like it slightly more than the second one? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, no, I love this. The the big thing I liked about this, I like that it continued Tommy Jarvis. I like there was some continuity to build on. And I also thought he was oh, going to yeah. end up being a killer. And so I, I kind of got, I, I was a little disappointed it didn't turn into that. And the fact that it wasn't actually Jason, I thought it was a huge opportunity to not have it be Corey Feldman's character. Because mm-hmm. obviously ends the fourth one hacking up Jason's dead body. And you're like, oh, bad vibes from mm-hmm. that. This kid's got something to deal with. Which he does. So, so, so I guess I like that it started like building on things and started to like have some sort of connective tissue with like actual characters between movies. Because, like Angelo said, they bring back the girl from the first one, and you're like, "Cool, this is somebody I can kind of follow." Mm. And then they kill her right away. Which you know, yeah, like yeah. you said, makes sense with the money production side of it. Uh, that's probably the biggest reason. Just that it felt like they were starting. Yeah, to that, like, that that makes yeah. perfect sense. It's like trying to do something different. And there's a little bit of connection, and you're like, you're wondering yes. if it's gonna be rather than just like, "Oh, it's a dude with a sack over his head. Oh, this sucks." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Angelo? Have I? I don't think. Have you said what you feel about five before we go to yeah. Six? I have to agree. The first yeah, time I saw it years ago, I remember being like, oh, this is a bummer. Like, there's no actual Jason. This is like an imposter thing. But as I watched it again, I gained a little more appreciation because I appreciate they were trying to do something a little bit different and spice up like the formula, even though it's just a guy in a mask killing people. But it's kind of like what, like, why I would say this is better than like Halloween ends because Halloween ends kind of does the same thing of, you know, Michael Myers is not really the main antagonist and kind of is, which was at least this film doesn't like shoehorn the actual Jason at the end. on like Halloween ends is like you have a, a new character going evil, but then you they still shoehorn the original Michael Myers just in the background, which was so like bizarre. And this film, I'm glad, glad it doesn't do something like that. And it feels like it's its own thing at the same time and i will say too that this the the director of this was was literally a porn director so that's right I, I, yeah. to know the, the making behind it so when i'm watching it i was like this one feels different because it's definitely more perverted right so just to be transparent about the making of the film basically he was casting people based on the size of their breasts that's I, that's what was going on, right? So that that's why I'm the, the yeah, intelligence right. level of someone like someone like Steve Miner versus a porn director who has does not care about the performance other than just the way the people look. That you know that I could intuitively feel there's something awry here when I was watching it. It's like, wait a second, are we watching? What is this we're watching now? You know. <laughs> and and then when the sixth one uh, yeah. starts, that one's like to me is the the best you know directed film like by a proper director with proper funding and so that's why to me the sixth one is a big leap forward not to spoil how i feel about it but yeah so i can completely agree there it's probably the sixth one now that you're saying it but i remember it was either the fifth or the sixth one where there's a dramatic swing in quality and it's like oh and it almost felt like i know there's like real ways to break this franchise up but in my mind it was like the first three and then four through five and then six and on is like it's the it's like almost like flips on itself where like 
it becomes like more of like a self-referential, like slightly satirical, but right, right. Uh, not to get ahead of yeah. ourselves. But I do feel like this is where it tipped. Like I, I like, I think I liked actually the later half movies overall better than the first half, which I, I feel no, is it, it isn't. I mean, tip, I, but. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, horror podcasts, and I, I, what I've gathered is that people who are there when they came out are love the first five. Like th- th- those all feel like the, pro- that's what Friday the 13th is to them. When six comes along, they really shit those kind of people shit on six because like that's when it became like a like a Disney movie when it when it got more this and more whimsical and more mm, budget and 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 they, yeah. they so they like the the first five or like summer camp really stiff like everything's the same and they they shit on 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 six so when I first watched the franchise all through <laughs> when I got to six it was a it was a breath of fresh air I was like oh my god I mm-hmm. hated this, this is, yeah. you know and so <laughs> yeah. when Angela and I did the podcast totally. and skip six you know, so we can watch it last night or whatever. It was so hard because I, I needed that energy after five. I, I was know. like, we need six to come along, give us that energy. And there's more energy there. That's probably why six starts to feel like better to you than the first five. So, yeah. And just like a, a little more cinematic, which is, is hilarious because it's all, all cinema, but it, it just felt like it, it almost felt like at that point, like the franchise knew what it was and people were coming in who knew Friday the 13th as like Friday the 13th. Well, before it was. Like especially the first like three or four, they're still trying to figure out, you know, is it is this the last movie? Is it about Jason? You know, you know, the mask is where where six is really like, oh, this is about like boobs and like murder and like Jason. Where it's like just like get Jason back alive and, and let him the go. Sixth one, and I'm pretty thing. sure is the only one without nudity. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, that I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. So the so this one. Yeah, this one has the the least amount of uh, nudity, no nudity, and and like the, the the kills are like not as graphic, I suppose. Because the fifth one is Which like hyper violent too, right? Like that's the one with like oh, major I, gore. I, the fifth I, one, I yeah, think. Yeah, I guess is that so. True? I mean, there's a lot of stuff off screen and stuff, but there's it's like I think it has the most amount of kills until like Jason X or something or whatever it is. There's someone that comes later, mm. but. Uh, yeah, the sixth one, it was more sanitized for like the old fans of it. But for people like us, we're like, yeah, there's actual like camera movement and like like flow mm-hmm. and story. We want to know what's gonna happen. When you watch yeah. five, you're like, I have no idea who that guy lighting. is until I saw the picture of himself <laughs> in his wallet, right? So there's like a proper <laughs> storyteller here who knows what he's doing, who has a great budget. You know, he's he's got some great actors back. The lead actor is from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Um, if you've seen that, mm-hmm. he's the main guy mm-hmm. who plays Tommy cool. Jarvis. So it's 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 I don't know. I, like a, like last night, for example, I programmed to watch to show it to people who've never seen any Friday the Thirteenth, and I stood I stood by knowing that it was going to work as a film because it tells you the backstory you need to know, and then it just is a good fun movie, and it has a great ending, and it's satisfying for for what it is for the franchise, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I as you can see, it's I highly love this one. So yeah. I agree. I think this is like the Friday the Thirteenth movie. When you think Jason, like this is like the ultimate like movie that you would get out of. Like you get the best of Jason. You get the best of like yeah. Like again, like the filmmaking is actually like a big jump from the last few. The the last few felt like a real small like really low budget Mm -hmm. movie. Where this one, you could tell they put some money. They really put some to the production design and the way it looks is so cool. And I love just like definitely has some of the best, probably one of the best kills. I would say like this one, I enjoyed like. It's just fun too. Like the characters are intentionally like silly and wacky. Like there's a there's like a they made it with the intent. They just want to make a, a crazy like fun movie, 
and is is like yeah. especially watching yeah. it last night with everybody i was like oh man i'm feeling it i'm feeling the power of this movie even one of our friends was just like yeah. this was actually a work of art this is my first friday the 13th movie but this was a real work of art uh, i was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. bless his heart uh, yeah bless his yeah. heart yeah <laughs> there's yeah it's actually like it's actually a comedy they're making jokes and we, and we are laughing at those jokes you know rather than laughing at it we're laughing with it like there's actually yeah. writing that makes us laugh out loud like it, yeah. it was it was really fun to watch with an audience especially the way it begins you have you have a lightning strike just hit the you know the gravestone and then he does that like james bond opening and it's like all right we oh, know yeah. what this movie is and they set it up so well what the tone is going to be and you just you're in for the ride oh yeah the james bond yeah that was hilarious he's like he like swipes <laughs> you know the opening of james yeah oh we, yes we i was do. gonna say we have to talk about that another moment where i just shouted where i was like wait what like what oh you're disappointed <laughs> about that last, like... last... Oh, oh, you loved it. Yeah. No, no, no. I loved it in the in the best way where I was like, I couldn't even, it was just, it felt like a, a parody. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh. But in the best way, where I just love that they're doing it. Like whatever they're, uh, so go, yeah, why not? For people not who don't know, James the, you know, the James Bond thing, there's like this like circle that goes around James Bond at the intro and he like shoots the screen and like yes. the blood comes down or whatever. That's like a golden eye. The video game yeah. does it. So on and so on. In this one, Jason walks to the middle of the screen and he swipes the machete at the camera and in this circle, like just like James Bond, and then blood drips down and it says Jason lives, you know, and it's like that's that's the the moment you know this is a comedy and they they're self aware and they're giving you what you want, which is a fun yeah. time without like no shame. This is going to be a comedy. Oh, Let's have a good man. time. And some people might be mad, like yeah. what this that's that's probably why people who like the first five when they first came out one by one was mad were mad because. What are, what is this? We're watching a stupid comedy making fun of James Bond. Like, what the hell is this? And for us, we're like eating it up. We're like, we need this energy. This franchise yeah. is getting kind of like you know, yes, soul crushing after the fifth one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. They realized in it, and of fan response, that they were not happy with Part Five because Jason, their favorite character, wasn't in it. So they had to go back to the old formula. Obviously, Five, where you have an imitation Jason angered the fans. I mean, it was like, let's just ignore this. Let's move on. Clean house, start all over. Everybody, let's just start fresh. Five was a bad dream. So it was important to me that Jason come back in a very spectacular, fun way. It almost started feeling like, like, and like, like you're saying, there's actual jokes, and it, it definitely felt like, like it was almost like a National Lampoon kind of like humor to me. Like it reminded me a lot of like old National Lampoon stuff, just like yeah. the, the type of like crassness, and it, it blended really well. I like you bring up National Lampoon because Johnny last night mentioned these are like wet hot American summer characters with Jason, especially the the guy was trying to get laid in the RV. I was like, oh yeah, that's totally a guy that would be in that world in that setting. <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> I don't have any intention of making a Friday the 13th movie, but if I were to make one, mm-hmm. I would 100% set it in the 80s and make it like Wet Hot American Summer with machetes, you know, just like, just super silly, fun, campy, like literally campy, you know, in the 80s. I wouldn't want to make it a modern 2007 or whenever the other one was, trying to make it all like feels like today's. I, w- I would want to go 100% back to how it felt then and Dude, just make it no. just fun 80s fest because what, totally. what, why, who cares about how things are now? The world's falling apart. Let's go back to the 80s and, you know, have Jason <laughs> being silly. You know what I mean? So Amen. I love that. Yeah. Well, I I'll write it. Make I'll, I'll write it for someone else to direct it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll read it too. Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. Oh. Happy Friday the 13th.
the object of the game is to find out which cabin Jason is in. What if it's that guy Jason? I don't want to know. It was real, just like on TV. I think we're dead meat. So, what were you going to be when you grew up? Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. I came to the attention of Frank Mancuso because of the movie I made, One Dark Night. I was not particularly interested in doing a Friday sequel because as far as I was concerned, it basically had kind of run out of steam. Ooh, damn enchiladas! The idea was still kind of challenging to me at the same time, so I said, well, let me see, you know, all the Fridays. And I went to Paramount and sat in a screening room and watched them all back to back. And out of that, I thought, okay, what hasn't been done? And because I've always had a great love of gothic horror, I thought if I could bring in that element. It's alive. I really liked this one, but I'll admit we're getting in new blood. I guess, I guess, did we kind of cover how, how this one ends? I honestly can't think of it as I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so, so the, the, the ending of this one is he, he, uh, he says we need to bring Jason back to where he died or whatever. So they go back to crystal Lake and they get on a boat. He gets on a boat and he gets like huge rock mm -hmm. inside of the, uh, this bowl there. And he like, he attaches this like chain around oh, it. Yeah. And okay. so Jason comes to him and he puts his chain <laughs> around his neck and he like drops Jason to the bottom of the lake. And, and, and that's, that's mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, and, and totally, like, totally. That's, a, that's a pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. Ending. That's where Jason And then is. the seventh one. <laughs> is this one that starts with them in the graveyard too with the you mentioned the lightning angel yeah. was that the grave in the pole where he's got the yeah. pole for the or the the lamp in the oh, sixth okay, one yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a fun that's a fun open all good, all good sorry i'm catching up all good they, these really are like a, like a little bit of a smoothie <laughs> in my brain um, understandable yeah. The next one, interesting, really high on my list. I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, I love kitsch, like I love camp. I love like, and so this just like hit hit a sweet spot. This one centers around a psychic, a young psychic girl, right off the bat, way in. Yeah, it's that. it's she, like telekinetics, so she's able to move things. So like this, the subtitle of this movie, like people refer to it as Carrie versus Jason. Some, oh, you know what I mean? She's able to like pick things up and move it with her mind and stuff. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's what we're watching here. It's pretty, pretty funny. This is the one you've been waiting for. What's happening to me? Your psychokinesis and these delusions. No, are you're not listening to me. Okay, you big hunk of a man, come and get me. Jason <laughs> is back, but this time someone is waiting. Day the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Really, really liked it. So basically, Jason's dead at the bottom of the lake. Her father also died in that lake, I believe. And she's kind of trying to bring her dad back to life or something, or just has like a connection with Jason in the lake and brings him back to life with psychic powers in this one. So that's how Jason's revived now. Mm-hmm. It's very cheesy and, and doesn't make a ton of sense like everything, but I really enjoyed introducing TK, the telekinetic stuff, like you were saying, and the psychic stuff and, and just like a new type of like horror genre kind of, or like, or like maybe not even horror, but like scary movie genre of like supernatural powers. Yeah. And I, I assume this was somewhere around the time, you know, of Carrie, like you already said, and poltergeist and stuff. So it very much felt like the zeitgeist around in the movie industry at the time creeping in to this franchise which i also really enjoy that stuff 
For sure. Yeah, the first five are grounded in reality. And then when, when Jason is a maggoty zombie who's who has a lightning strike and wake him up and he, he becomes superpowers, he's able to yeah, like punch through Jason. walls and like do all this crazy stuff, like with all his power, it becomes supernatural. So this is the second in the franchise where it's like now we have a woman who's able to move things with her mind. And so it's like Turbo Jason versus Carrie, who's able to throw things at him. And, you know, it, it's. The, the next one, he's able to teleport around the room. And, you know, it, it's like, what else are you supposed to do? Why does he keep coming back? Well, it's supernatural. Now you can do whatever you want. Now it's supernatural. So that's that's the, that's how the writers are, are thinking at this point. So It was very surprising. I totally forgot there was a, a woman who had telekinesis powers. When I first watched it, I was, like, so confused. I'm like, wait, what? Like, where, where did this jump to? I mean, I know, like, the sixth one's already, like, suspending your disbelief to a certain extent. But this one was like, oh, okay, it's going on more fantasy territory than i'd imagine which you know which as the after that well yeah and angela and i were dying laughing so there's this there's a scene where someone's head gets severed and it falls into like a, a potted plant and she lifts up the potted plant that has the severed head in it and like and like launches it towards jason as, <laughs> yeah. a, as a way to hurt him so there's just like severed head and in, in a potted plant it's like flying towards jason and like it was just the funniest image to me i don't remember it's like my third time seeing it and i was like do not remember that happening. It's just so random. It's like, it's... yeah, that cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, not the so pot. Silly. Both of them together. <laughs> yeah, it was a great kill. <laughs> yeah, Frank was in discussion with John Beekler to come and direct the film. Basically, I said, why? Didn't they just make six of them? I mean, why would you ever want to do a part seven? And I said this in front of Frank Mancuso, and my agent was in the room, and both their jaws dropped. And I think it's because I didn't want to do it, ultimately, I got the job, because I did want to push it in a slightly new direction. Now as I'm trying to remember more of this, I just remember, is this kid from, is Corey Feldman's character in this one still? No, so the, it was the Tommy Jarvis no. trilogy is four, five, six, and this one, they don't, it's, he's gone, mm -hmm. they, just, they don't talk about him ever again. He, he just they, they were trying to move right? on to Tina's. The next... oh, he drowned, right? No, he, he yeah, he drowned, and I and then he they, did he survive? No, he survived. Yeah. yeah, it would have been more satisfying if he died. Yeah. Like as you know, as as a proper storyteller, it would <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it would have yeah, been nice for him to have to sacrifice himself. <laughs> but he he's he's drowned in water, and like five ten minutes later, he's he, she blows air, and he comes out. It's like he would have been long dead, you yeah. know, which is fine. Like again, I don't I don't talk about logic <laughs> yeah. with this, but like as a storyteller, it would have been more satisfying for him to have died and been <laughs> like, wow. This film, for the first time, made you feel something <laughs> profound. And nope, they had to come bring him back and call it a day. So anyway. Got to keep all those doors open. Yeah, and then the they don't want to use them in the sequel. So they should have just killed him. You know, I guess I don't have much else. I'm trying to remember more things from this, but I guess I, I don't have a ton. So let's let's head off to New York now. This is this is exciting. Yeah, let's yeah, do yes, so, yes. <laughs> Basically, though, one fun moment, I will say she summons her dead dad out of the lake to take down Jason at the end of this one, which was another mind blowing. I think I yelled out loud moment in this franchise. I was like, Oh wow. You know, that makes total what, what's, sense. What's so it. funny about it is that originally he was supposed to have like prosthetics and look like someone who's been on, under the water for 20 years, but with no money, they just smudge Brown stuff over his face. So this guy comes out and he goes, Rah! <laughs> and he like flies out of the water and takes Jason down, but he just has brown stuff on his face. Like someone who's been under the water for twenty years should be this like skeleton, like yeah. melted looking weird thing. You know, it's no, a, the, the franchise is full much of just a suburban dad. Like, what, you could have 
installed it for a day or whatever and got prosthetics to come in here and make it special but instead he just comes out of the water with like some brown <laughs> on his face like it's like what the hell literally it looks like he's just going for a swim like i think he's even like a button-up yeah. shirt or something too like it's literally just like costco Definitely. dad costco vibes. dad is saves the day so <laughs> so yeah so let's let's head, head off uh, to manhattan this one is uh yeah let's yeah. Hit, the, hit the seas and talk about the quote unquote jason takes manhattan Jason takes Manhattan. Now, New York has a new problem. I'll just read my letterboxed review of this because this is pretty much the gist of it for me with this one. I'm excited to more hear about your guys' takes on this. More like Jason takes to the seat, but I like boats too, so still a great time. <laughs> but I was definitely felt like this was another rug pull movie where I was like, I cannot wait for Jason in New York. I was like, I think on the podcast, I was like, Angela, I love city uh, sequels where they just go to a city home alone too. Oh, totally. love it love it so yeah. much you know anything in a city i could like pretty easy hit for me and i was really just like like okay it's like halfway over and they're not to new york yet I'm like <laughs> oh no like oh god this is this is uh, not going my i was like i hyped this up like how excited i was for jason in new york too so that's that's my big takeaway but the boat stuff if, if it was jason takes uh, goes on a boat i would have been just as hyped I think it was just like, I thought I was drinking Coke and it ended up being Pepsi and it was just like, Oh, that doesn't totally. taste right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this one, this one is like traditionally naturally hated for, for, from, from fans because it's like the biggest false advertising of many, maybe any film where it's called Oof. tasting takes Manhattan. Oof. So you think he's, he's going to just be there from the first shot and he's been going around on subways and going to like art museums and going to the Statue of Liberty or whatever your mind conjures as being the special exactly. thing. Exactly. And instead, the first 70% they're on a cruise. First of all, let me point this out. They're on Crystal yeah. Lake. They cruise on a lake to, but you can't cruise on a lake. You, what, what are you thinking? I, I actually stopped and had to talk to my wife about that. Cause I was like, wait, weren't they? I thought they were. And I, she's like, no, they couldn't have been. It's a lake. I was like, yeah. But, and so we just moved on. So that's, that, that's what you have to do is just, just forget about it. So, so yeah. So they spend like 70 minutes or 70% of it, like on a cruise. And then they finally get to somewhere, and it's actually shot in Vancouver, and it looks nothing like Manhattan. It's just some like dingy looking like studio, you know, some terrible looking stuff. And it's yeah, back, back alleys, alleys, like it's like, not even Manhattan. Yeah. And like just to jump jump to it, the, the final <laughs> ten minutes only is when they're in Times Square. That's literally it. And so th this is another case of the the producers being cheap, and they're like, "This is the budget for the film," and they're like, "We can't. There's no way we can do any of this." So all the script that was written had to be like re thrown out and they, they were rushing to get to the deadline and they just made this quick movie. That being said, I la I love it. I actually love this movie. Not, it's not way on my list or anything, but I lo love it. Cause I'm laughing at how disappointing it is. Like you're, we're still on the cruise. We're still here. Like, it's like, I, I personally think it's hilarious to just be like, the biggest lie of all film history is like Jason takes Manhattan rather than Jason takes a cruise, you know? It's so. <laughs> Maybe until Jason goes to hell, which we'll save that. But that also got me in the exact oh same God. way, where I was like, I can't wait to see Jason fighting no. demons and, you know, Satan and stuff. Not He doesn't really go to hell. This one is super 80s. So I, I'm. this is the most 80s of all yeah. of them. The music, the fashion, 
my my friend Jake, we did this for Turbo, and he was so angry. He says, "I vow to never watch a single Friday Thirteenth ever again." <laughs> and he often comes to those double screenings that we do at my friend's place, and he he was not there, and I was not surprised. You know, he's, there's no way he was going to come to watch yeah. the best one of the best Friday the Thirteenth, the sixth one last night. Yeah, but for me, like when she gets to this point, it's the whole franchise has a lot of disappointment going on. I value how dumb it is, how eighties it is. Like it's just like I. I, I will watch this. I will watch this again right now and have a good time because I know I, I'll be laughing a lot. And that's for sure. You know, that's how I am at least. <laughs> what about you, Angela? What are your thoughts on it? No, I agree. Like, well, like, especially upon first viewing, I, I was expecting like Jason to slaughter a bunch of people at NYC, like, you know, like slashing cab drivers or crazy businessmen on the street, just have this whole like mayhem. But yeah, it was just like he's just on a cruise ship. Like ninety nine percent of this movie is just like him killing all these people, and exactly the cruise ship on the lake. Like I am like, what? what? What's happening here? This is definitely not like. I'm like, whatever. I think they're at this point. They're just having fun and like, and especially watching it again, part of the marathon. I actually was like laughing so hard, like in so many bits, and I was enjoying like the kills and enjoying laughing at like this is Vancouver. This is not NYC at all. Angela and I realized that so. The- they have little little Jason, um, you know, they have depictions of him where he's like, you know, he's bald and he has his droopy eye, you know, and they make him look like he did in the first, at the ending of the first one. But there's like four different kids for some reason. Yeah. There's like, there's a white kid and there's an Asian kid. They keep switching the different kids out for like different actors for some reason. So like every time little Jason appears, he has more makeup on, less makeup on. And also his little droopy eye, I think, I, I'm not, don't quote me, it's for the first seven, it's on... <laughs> like the left eye the left side of his eye on this one it's like the right side of his face it's yeah. like they, they mixed it up like the makeup artist didn't get the memo of what the Crazy. other ones look like so all the like the droopy eyes on the wrong eye for the entire thing like it makes it just obviously makes no sense the more of those terrible things that are in it the more i enjoy it you know i'm having a great time <laughs> yeah. looking at it for all how stupid it is that's how this franchise is i said all the time like the more mistakes they make the better it is for me because i'm laughing and i value laughing so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i agree there were seven before obviously and and they all took place in crystal lake right so the first question i asked them was does it have to be in crystal lake can i take jason out of crystal lake rob hedden's an infectious personality first of all so he's a very upbeat guy he has tons and tons of energy Frank Mancuso Jr., who was producing it, I mean, he was the one, he just said, well, if it's a big city, it's got to be New York. I said, that works for me. That's a great idea. So that's how the whole Jason Takes Manhattan thing came about. But there was fun that we hadn't seen before about the notion of a Jason in a big city, the notion of what would happen if Jason got into a subway. We, you know, all those things. My first draft of the script had a big chase scene across the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. There was a lot more stuff that we just couldn't afford to do. He certainly had ambitions that we didn't have the budget to allow for i'll appreciate more on rewatch like i think i think i definitely it's crazy like as somebody who really was excited i was like it was like deflating as like it keeps like this boat stuff's fun but i really excited to like get (laughs) to that cool bright yeah we should not be surprised by now that these these producers are are dirty liars you know like like there's a final chapter (laughs) and there's five no new beginning and then there's like you know you know jason goes to hell it's like it's like fool me once you know fool me twice you know it's just constantly like we should have known by now of course he's not going to go into manhattan you know of course it's you know but but i i love it for that reason you know it's just just dumb fun you know nothing like boring 
the next one <laughs> I agree. is to me the next one is is boring bad and that's the worst sin like like jason takes manhattan and is fun bad the mm, next one is like yeah i we if you're ready to get into that one that one is the hardest one for me personally like not to spoil my list but mm-hmm. i have never been more bored than watching this next mm, one please horror has many faces death wears many different masks but pure evil wears only one and this is your final chance to see it jason goes to hell the final friday So this is the one I accidentally yeah. started complaining about earlier where they said they do like the cheap TV trick where like instead of having a real bad guy, you just have people who are being possessed by a bad guy kind of and they just look normal. I'm like, oh, this is not fun at all. And I, I felt I felt the same way about this one where I just kind of like, well, I don't actually I don't actually really care. Some of the stuff was fun as just like a horror murder movie, but. This one offended me worse than the dad. Who totally. Was yeah. So, so people who don't know. Actually, finally kill Jason for like for good at the beginning of this film. In the first five minutes, there's like this, yeah, undercover woman who's acting like she's like a you know a camp count or whatever. She's she's dressed really sexy and she's she's doing all these typical Friday the Thirteenth things. <laughs> and essentially, she's attracting Jason to come like kill her because it's a typical thing he would do is kill some some woman who's undressing or something stupid. And then when when he comes to go kill her with machete, all these lights turn on. Out in, and out in the woods, and then there's like 20 SWAT men who are just like, like shooting at him, and then he explodes, and his, his you know, viscera goes everywhere. And there's like no way Jason's coming back from that, he's like completely gone, his body has been obliterated. And you're like, wait, you killed Jason the first five minutes of this movie? Like, what the hell is this movie, right? And then, okay, here's the thing that bothers me the most in the entire franchise this, this guy, he takes Jason's heart. Yeah. And he eats it for some reason. Like what? Who does that? Yeah. It's like this brown, sludgy looking like black thing dripping, and he just like eats it like for some reason. And then then that's what possesses him. And so now we have this character who's possessed by Jason. Obviously, he doesn't have a mask or anything. It's just some dude walking around killing people. And then eventually his spirit goes off to someone else. And so essentially Jason's spirit is like being is possessing all these different people throughout the movie. But at the same time, it's, it's it that could be yeah. exciting, but it's somehow like the most soul sucking, boring thing I've ever seen. I'm so like, like I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I would punish them by showing them this film. But I, not really, because it's too cruel, you know. Like that would <laughs> I would be put in jail, you know. It's just too cruel to show anyone. Faces, you know? It's it's brutal. This one is for me is just, I'm not gonna lie. This is this is the most brutal one for me in the whole franchise. I think when Jason goes to hell it was conceived, it was coming off the ill reception of. Part eight, which was was not very very positive, so we tried to kind of change the formula a little bit. Plot was actually dictated by Sean. Basically, what he said was, "I want that damn hockey mask out of the movie. So whatever you come up with, let's make that movie." Rightly or wrongly, maybe Jason needed a little shaking up, so we decided to go in and, and mess with the mythology a little bit, much like uh, in Halloween three, they just threw out Michael Myers entirely. Yeah, this was really low on my list. Yeah, Manhattan gets all the shit, but it's similar to how how you feel about two. It's like it's like the first time you're like, wait a second, and you're like, jump on it as being like uh, disappointing. Like Jason takes Manhattan was the first one to be like a huge lie, and then this one comes next, and people like people give Manhattan more shit. This one, <laughs> there's not a single image of hell. 
like when you go to Freddy versus Jason, they show images of hell no. at the beginning. So that movie has more in hell than this one ever did at all. And it's called Jason Goes to Hell. There's one thing though. I, on Letterbox, I give this film one star. It would have it would have been a half star, but I, I my review is extra half star for the ending. So the ending of this movie, if you guys are ready for me to talk about it. Oh yeah. yeah. So we we, yeah, we, we sat through like a, a ninety whatever minute movie, super bored, and Jason's hockey mask is on is on the ground, and then out of nowhere, Freddy uh, Krueger from a different franchise, his hand comes up with his blades, yeah, you know, the blade hands, and he snatches the hockey mask and, sna- and brings it down to hell with him. And then the film stops. So you mm-hmm. raise your arms going, yes, there's going to be Freddy versus Jason's the next movie. And that didn't come out for like an over an, 10 years or something at this point, you know, but that's that right there is an extra yeah. half star for like a kick-ass ending after the most boring movie I've ever seen, you know, so. I suddenly said, wait a second. We got a chance for the ultimate in-joke in this movie. We're with New Line. New Line owns Freddy. What are we doing? Like, that's the end of our movie. And they fell in love with the idea. I mean, it was like instantly, oh my God, that's great. Another cheer moment for me, because I did not see that coming at all. I knew, you know, I knew the playlist, so I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize. I also did love the intro of this. I did love the big twist with the government suddenly being hunting Jason, apparently, which was really interesting. And I appreciated the ham-fisted lore progress, kind of, that like, oh, you can kill Jason, apparently, (laughs) if you you blow him up enough, like... (laughs) He wasn't technically like fully invincible, which he is. And then with the guy oh, the heart, eating yeah. the brain, I, what the heart? Yes, yeah, sorry. Did he have any? Did there was there anything that triggered it? Like because he had to be possessed, he had to eat it. And I know I'm trying to make sense of something that doesn't, but I'm just trying. I'm to not the one to ask. I, I, I sit here cr- like I shake my head the whole time. I'm sure there's a <laughs> there's a Jason goes a hell fan out there who right now is so angry that it's my least favorite one. He's like, of course. He was in the presence of him, and that's what that's started so to get him the cool. idea that he should. I don't know. I don't have the answer. To to me, yeah. he eats so the heart, yeah. and he turns whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You know, this this film was made by a a twenty three year old filmmaker straight out of the film school, yeah. and this is how the franchise is. Yeah. You're like, what's the cheapest person yeah. we can get? Here, go make this movie. We don't care. People are gonna go see it. It's gonna be shit. It doesn't matter. We'll get them during the opening <laughs> weekend. That's all we need to pay off. You know, that's how this franchise is at this point. 23 year old filmmaker who knows nothing about what he's doing gets the gets like a professional budget, <laughs> yeah, cinematographer, production designer, all this stuff. And he's just there going, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's the kind of film we're watching. And like Steve Miner is a proper <laughs> director. Wild. And then we get this guy who's just like, okay, well, why don't we have him eat the heart? And then maybe we'll have, you know, it's like, what? Like, what the hell am I watching? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, apparently he was the youngest director ever hired by New Line at the time, it's which is just like very interesting. Yeah. I just you and know, so na- naturally, pretty random. You they they tell you Freddy versus Jason is the one that's coming next, right? They went to development hell. There was supposed to be this like script, and they, they it was it took him ten years to finally get to to get to do it. So in the meantime, they're like, let's make another uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. So they they put Jason in space. Because for some reason, putting him like a thousand years in the future is, is actually going to solve all the plot holes that, that they've jumped over for the last nine movies. Are you guys anything else about the ninth one before we move on to Jason X? Uh, I think I said what I needed to say because, I, I, again, watching this again, it really was one of the least fun like Friday the 13th films. And especially like you look at that poster still like right now, and you're like, man, like what a missed opportunity. This could have been something a little more crazier and a little more you know original for the franchise but they just decided to go with the most like boring like plot line and 
not in even the execution. Like, he could have had this dumb plot line, but could have done it better. But it was just yeah. Yeah, like no sense of humor. Just just soul yeah. sucking. Yeah. So so yeah. So Jason X. In the year 2455, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power up the lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. An unstoppable killing machine. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What are you high? Uh oh. <gasps> He's here. <laughs> you have got to get them out of there. They slap me. I think we're finally okay. For my roller coaster of watching these, I went, you know, a little bit of disappointment with Manhattan, a little bit of disappointment with Hell. I'll say for me, the next two delivered. Jason in Space was amazing. This is actually the first one I watched because there was just a bored day before I planned on watching the whole franchise, I was like, you know, this sounds like perfect. I guess I want to watch something dumb and fun. And with no context, I absolutely loved it. This is Jason in space as it's built in the future. I, I don't remember anything like about the story or anything, but I just loved, loved all of it really did yeah. this one. What about you? Uh, what about you, Angela? Uh, this movie is fantastic. <laughs> I had a blast <laughs> watching this in her marathon. <laughs> like, cause you're, cause when you actually marathon them, cause when I first watched them, I was really trying to do. Let me watch one Friday the Thirteenth. Let me watch one Nightmare on Elm Street. Trying to balance building up to Freddy versus Jason, but watching this all the way through after like, yeah, the the previous one or even Manhattan. Like in comparison, like this one is like, no, they're going back to like just having fun. The plot's ridiculous. It's not even like the best space budget, but hey, they're having they're, they're doing it. Like they're having Jason in space just slaughter these like you know these yeah these astronauts these scientists people and I don't know it's a blast and it was also yeah. my maybe it's also nostalgic because it was my first Jason movie and even as a little kid I thought it was cool and a fun time so I don't know I think this one it's definitely I, yeah. I don't want to say my ranking yet but yeah it was like okay this has got to go up somewhere <laughs> you know in terms of rewatching on yeah it's become an old gem. Yeah, real quick too, if I could, I I did really appreciate how much um, they. It seemed like they put a lot of thought and effort into the space stuff. Like it, like Angela said, it was low budget, but there was a lot of I can't remember specific examples, but there's just oh, like yeah. a lot of creative set pieces and just like fun little ideas that were weren't weren't didn't require money, but were just creative and and i appreciated that a lot i thought they did a good job of keeping it interesting yeah possibly the best kill in the whole franchise is when he freezes the per the girl's head and nitro uh liquid liquid nitrogen or whatever and then he like picks it up and Glycerin. smashes it again like immediately <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah there's some interesting <laughs> we've, we've skipped a lot of like good iconic kills throughout the whole franchise there was like there was one with like a sleeping bag in the seventh one that was like mm -hmm. really well done and this one makes fun of it he gets like two uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. like a a oh, one yeah. person in a sleeping bag and he gets another person in a sleeping bag and he's like walloping over their head like back and forth you know i, I want to say one thing really quick too is that this film starts with a cameo from david cronenberg which is which is 
out of nowhere. Did you guys notice that? Yes, actually. Yeah. So this director was like David Cronenberg's protege, and he told uh, he asked David to be in his film, and he says, cool. "Only if I get to die on screen." And so that's so he he he's the best actor in the film <laughs> because you know David Cronenberg's acted before, and yeah, within like two minutes of being it's on wild. screen, he gets killed. You know, so so yeah, and then uh, yeah, otherwise it's it's of course it's super <laughs> fun. You know, it's. Yeah, it's it is what it is. We had been in development hell uh, on Freddy vs. Jason for years, and finally uh, Jim Isaac, who's the director of Jason X, said, "Well, if we're just waiting on Freddy Jason, let's just make another Jason film." So Todd Farmer, Jimmy, and I sat down and just started coming up with uh, with ideas for a new Jason. We didn't want to do anything that was going to screw um, Freddy vs. Jason. So the way to stay away from that was to push him into the future. I mean, that was just kind of thrown out as a, as kind of like a gag at first, because that's, you know, that's where horror films go to die, like Leprechaun or uh, Hellraiser, I guess. Um, you know, space is kind of the final frontier. I, I really liked his new suit. It's kind of one of my goals now to get that as a model figure toy something. I think, I think as somebody who was like, you know, at a very formative age in the early 2000s, that kind of aesthetic, I just felt like everything, I don't know. It reminds me just a lot of those like 2000s blockbusters that I that I loved growing up for just like pure, you know, love of movies yeah, as a little definitely. kid. Yeah, his suit is really cool when he gets to that metal mask and like the metal body. <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Oh, yeah. Uber Jason. Yeah. yeah. There's this, like this liquid stuff that like regenerates <laughs> them to be even stronger. Yeah, and he comes back and he's like, like the most absurdly strong like thing ever. Yeah, it's it's funny. Another thing I wanted to say about this franchise is it's it's yeah, yeah. I guess like I, you could consider it a theory, but you hear people complain like, wait a second, J Jason was this frail little guy, and then in the second one he's is an adult, and then the third one, and he he keeps getting bigger and bigger, like a, like a bodybuilder throughout the whole thing. And to me, I, yeah. if I if I would my answer Definitely. to that is every time he kills someone, he gets stronger. That's that's my own. I don't think I've heard anyone else say that. But basically, yeah, he's. By the time you get to Jason X, he's mm -hmm. this massive tank because he's. He, every time he kills people, he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So like, that's my answer to people who are offended by how the continuity like is him that. being stronger for no reason. Like, is he doing bodybuilding? No, he's just he's killing people, taking their souls, getting stronger. That's my own interpretation of what's going on. So. Yeah, that makes sense though. I was just gonna say, I was thinking it was the deaths. Like each time he died, his That's body true. came back yeah. a little bit stronger. Yeah, just just because this this whole this whole franchise is nothing but a plot hole. You have to tell yourself these things and make yourself feel better. And, and if, <laughs> like if I was writing if I was writing one, you know, that would be that might be a part of it. Is that's what just to explain. Like there could be an installment of this franchise that explains all the plot holes. It would be like 90 minutes of like, it, it would be boring, of course, but it would be explaining all the problems and be like, no, that's why I didn't go to Manhattan is because of, you know, whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a fun mm -hmm. one. It's, uh, I can't wait to talk about our rankings, but yeah, this is, uh, this is definitely a fun entry in the <laughs> franchise. So. I did enjoy the robot lady a lot. Um, I'm always interested in people's representation, like their not robots. I know she's technically cyborg? like a middle, but I can't think of the right word. Cyborg, thank you. I love people's versions of cyborgs, like futuristic AI technology. So that's always fun. The, the campier, the better sometimes. But yeah, now we can talk about Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my nightmare. 
So at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, Jason does finally go to hell. He's pulled, like like Johnny talked about, he's pulled into the dirt by the hand of Freddy. Very exciting. We, nothing else in that movie, though. This movie picks up with Jason seemingly back at Camp Crystal Lake doing what he's doing. It's just another, you know, chasing down young teenagers and... As it turns out, he is actually in hell being manipulated or recruited by Freddy. Is that is that a good way to say it? Because the kids on Elm Street are no longer afraid of Freddy, and Freddy's power comes from their fear of him, and that is what allows him to haunt them. So now he's been forgotten, and so you know he decides to send Jason in, bring him back to life, send him in to haunt the kids, so they will be afraid of Freddy again. And then eventually Freddy will have enough power to come back and he doesn't, will be able to just get rid of Jason. So he's basically just using them to get the kids thinking about. That Freddy sounds about again. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> Cause like Freddy's trapped in like some other like, you know, dimension or afterlife, but he's possessing Jason to do all of his killings, making it seem, but it's still Freddy doing all the torture and to all these teens which is really cool. It's a really cool setup for the you know, confrontation that comes in this film. Eventually, Jason kind of starts doing his own thing because, you know, he is his own villain. And then, you know, that's where Freddy vs. Jason really starts coming into play. Yeah, and this this film has a lot of good energy, too. It's the same director as Bride of Chucky. So it's it's another example of, like, mm, part six is like, it's more budget, a better director. This is another example of, like, good budget, good director, pretty good cast. I'm getting I'm getting them mixed up. Jason Ritter is like is, uh, John Ritter's son. Is isn't this right? Is that right? Um, because because his right. because yeah, yeah, his dad right. John Ritter is in Pride of Chucky, which I watched recently. So I'm getting I'm like Catherine Hagel's in this movie. Oh, no, no, wait, that's cool. that movie. So I I, I get these, I get these mixed up as being like the same movie where it's just like these kids who are on an adventure against some iconic villain, basically. Mm-hmm. So so it, <laughs> I mean I'm getting them mixed up, but yeah, it's definitely a fun movie with a lot of energy and nice to have Freddie England back mm-hmm. as Freddie after since like what was the last time like 1997 or something I guess that's not too long in this new nightmare was that the last yeah, one yeah I guess before? it's not that was maybe 95 actually not to nerd out but yeah I love it I think this yeah, is like yeah. one of the most fun like I saw this also when I was young I saw Jason X and then Freddie vs. Jason was my second Friday the 13th film because they were still new at the time I was a kid and like cousin always gets these R-rated movies we watch behind our parents back and it was like a fun even as a kid I thought it was <laughs> yeah. awesome and People were here. I remember people back then were like whatever with it, but even as a kid, I thought it was cool. And and finally watching them all together, leading up to Freddy versus Jason, I thought it kind of paid off. I thought like it almost celebrates both franchises, and like they just have fun with it. They don't take itself so seriously at the same time. And yeah. it's not about like it being scary. It's just like just watching just for these iconic characters just to clash, you know, just to get that moment. And it, I thought it pays off. I thought it was awesome watching it again in this marathon. So it was a good. Me too. Little dessert after watching all the, especially because we didn't watch the. This is well, we saved this one for the end before the sixth one because we watched the remake before. So let's end the night on a good, yeah, on a good fun one. So it was it was really nice to watch that last. It was funny because when we finished our Friday, it started to go around that you know what about bringing Freddy into the series, you know, and, and actually have a Freddy versus Jason. No, the kids have been talking about it. Whether it's letters to the editor and Fango or at conventions, 
uh, or in fan clubs, they've been talking about Freddie and Michael Myers, Freddie and Jason, Jason and Michael Myers, you know, who would win? There was always the talk that Freddie and Jason would somehow be combined, and I think the ownership of those two properties, Freddie and of Jason, kind of mishmashed around various studios and ended up finally at the same place. Then after Jason X, they started seriously talking about it, saying they were going to have a script done, and, and uh, you know, then it was definitely a real project and appeared to be the very next one to be done. Did you watch the remake during this, this franchise lead-up? No? No, so I, I kind of ran out of time, and then I did, I did read that it was a reboot and not, like, as far as, like, Wikipedia said. So I was like, ah, you know, I, I'll watch it still, but I, I definitely was, like, less interested. Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 I'll explain, we'll explain, our, maybe during the ranking, we'll, I'll explain why I put it where I put it, but yeah, we intentionally, you could tell why we did that, we, we put, we did Freddy, we did Jason X, then we did the remake, because I wanted to end the marathon on a high note, so then we did Freddy versus Jason, because we knew that was going to be, like, the fun thing with a lot of energy, so we can finally go to bed at three in the morning, or whatever it was when we went to bed, so yeah, so <laughs> it would have been fun to tr have watched all of them in order without skipping six and switching the last two, but I, I you know, I've done, I have a lot of experience watching a lot of films in the same day, as you guys could tell already. And I was like, we need to end on a high note or I'm not going to bed bored and depressed. Like we got to, we got to end on a fun note or bust. So we switched, we switched them around. And so that's our little story. <laughs> There's certain ones that are very boring to me. Uh, obviously Jason goes to hell. So this one, is it, there's a lot of energy there's jokes like of course i'm gonna like it more than a lot of the other ones that that were not as exciting to me so yeah it was fun yeah i i, I really liked it i know we're saving them but this is very high on my list like angelo said i thought it did a surprisingly great job at like revolving jason's storyline like freddie i'm not as familiar with i don't think i've seen all of those yet but i did really i loved him in this and i love him in general but as somebody who is a justice for jason you know believer i i really appreciated how much of a resolution he got like i liked seeing what his hell looked like like that's kind of what i was hoping would happen then jason goes to hell but it was fun seeing you know this guy who seems to be just like a block of like you know murder how he can be messed with like even even him crying as like a baby was like really interesting to me and i enjoyed a lot very campy but in the best way but i thought this and then I'll say something semi-controversial, but I really enjoyed having the Freddy, the Nightmare on Elm Street deaths, because like generally those are a bit more extravagant and they're a bit more crazy because you are in a dream world. So there's like crazier things that can happen. And I really enjoyed the the like Jason Friday the 13th aesthetic mixed with like the higher, more complicated kind of death scenes. Like I thought it was a really fun blend, like all around kind of the best of both, honestly, which again, no, I know yeah, might be controversial. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. You know, I might as well say, I guess a 24 has the rights to make it. They're making a TV show or something out of this. So next evolution in this franchise is a TV show. And, you know, a 24 is like, you know, one of the great uh, studios or uh, production companies and distributors yeah. right now. So that being said, like, I would not pin For them sure. to be the ones to do this. Like, I, I feel, you know, because they're making, like, art house things. And I'm, like, I'm wondering if they're going to make, like, a like a profound, like, art thing about Pamela Voorhees as an origin story. Or if they're going to just make it a fun thing, which is what I would rather have as like, a fun thing. And not a not a really oppressing, dark, sad thing like a lot of their films are. So we'll, we'll have to see what they do. But that's the next thing that's coming out. Maybe, I don't know, next year or something. Who knows? 
yeah, very curious to see what, what how that's going to turn out. Because this is their second TV show. They did a Friday Thirteen TV show back then with no Jason. So I'm very curious of what would their take be on a series. Because I was surprised they're doing a show. No, no, I back, they in, do a movie. back in the 80s. No, 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 back in the day. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a, a TV show. Just they. The, the for Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I think it was like an anthology thing where like there there were like objects that were they would go into a museum and show different objects from the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and they would like go into some story about it or something. Don't quote me. Something like that. It was some one, every. I don't think Jason was even in them or something like that. It was just like an anthology type uh, TV show. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, should we just quickly <laughs> say the feelings on the remake so we could get that out of the way? Sure. Yeah, yeah. You want to go first, Johnny? Yeah. Basically, it's a, a, the the opening twenty no like thirty minutes is something crazy. It's basically like a retelling of the first three or four films where it's like Pamela Voorhees. And then there's a section where Jason has the sack over his head. And then there's a section where he gets the mask. And then the the characters, the camp people are pretty entertaining. Like I've seen some of those actors and other things before. It's going pretty well. And then the, the Jason kills someone and then it says Friday the 13th. So basically the whole first 30 minutes is like not even the movie. It's it's like the, it's like the longest build up to the title mm-hmm. ever. And then it shifts to something else completely. And that that whole section, I'm I, I personally was just bored out of my mind with like all the colors are like desaturated and like drab and it's it's uh, uh Michael Bay's production mm-hmm. company Planet Dunes and it was just kind of like this to me a lifeless thing. All these films, by the way, have like their champions. You know, Jason Goes to Hell has their champions and the reboot. There's people who think it's great. I personally like the first part of it and then I just don't give a shit after it, after it goes to this these other people. That's all I have basically have to say about it. Is like I. I I have it low on my list because I just don't, I don't care. So I don't care about it personally. What about you, Angela? Yeah, no, I agree. Cause it, it does start. off it starts off fun. Like it starts off like, all right, we're just going to get to it. Jason's just going to slaughter these, these teenagers and you think it's going to be taking place in like one night. But then like, yeah, it just surprisingly just becomes a whole different movie where it's like, it kind of reminds you of house of wax. Cause it has a similar plot where they're trying to look for their sibling and right was that what's, what's happening is like i'm trying to yeah. think of the wrong movie on no this yeah one, who knows but... we you and i have seen so many things together recently we, we saw house of wax <laughs> yeah, during a marathon so it's just like a marathon just <laughs> melts your mind and you're like mixing things together but yep. um, yeah 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 i think before that they did the rob zombie halloween and i felt like they're trying to do that again with like jason and i know he did like texas chainsaw michael bay with the remake so I yeah like they're just trying to like yeah. make more of these serious versions of slashers which I, I mean yeah i mean in theory like okay i could see it but this execution it wasn't as fun it was just felt like a boring generic like horror teen movie it wasn't i felt like a cw movie it just felt like we had a bunch of like cw yeah mm. so so you you'll see it whenever you see it but just know from our point of view we're not too too excited about that one so but jason looks cool though i'll give it that the best thing he, he does look cool in some shots yeah it's got some ones, like so. the opening section like with the sack when he has a sack over his head like that actually was effective i was like wow this I would have liked actually that he had the sex the whole time on this film and they could have made a sequel to this one, but he he gets the mask naturally and yeah, it is what it is. Because it's a remake of the first three, like blended. That's what it felt like. Section just kept the momentum. It would have been a pretty decent film to to my taste. So I'm excited to check it out. Well, rankings, who would like to go first? I don't want to go first. I'm nervous. Sure. Um, So do you want to go from 12 to one? So we're like counting up to what our number one is. (laughs) That's what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So on I'm the down. count of three, what's my least favorite one? One, two, three. Jason, Jason goes, goes to hell. To hell. <laughs> is is my least favorite one. The next one is the remake. From here, 
why like i think when i first watched jason goes to hell i kind of appreciated it was it was different you know i was like oh that's cool but then now that i've rewatched it like i i now i've told myself personally don't watch it again because you're never <laughs> it doesn't do anything for you like life's too short you might as well go watch like a like a kubrick film and you know and like like appreciate your life and get something <laughs> out of it so jason goes to hell is now on my shit list uh personally <laughs> one star you know i'm not gonna tell you i don't tell you my ratings but that's the one that i will say that's the one i give one star so uh the remake after that i'm personally because i just don't care you know um from there i go to a new beginning so that's jason uh, that's five mainly because the ending and again it sounds so stupid because like a lot of these are unsatisfying and stuff but that one i don't know it just that being said, the next ones I'll say, I like all of them. Like I, I will watch five again and seven and all these other ones. Like, so that goes, Jason goes mm -hmm. to hell remake five. And then I For actually, sure. I actually go to seven, uh, the Carrie versus Jason. I know I'm sure that's probably higher on your list, but during this marathon, I, this used to be higher on my list, but during this particular marathon, this was the first time where I, Angela and I both seemed mm -hmm. kind of bored and you know during a marathon boredom is, <laughs> is is like a killer so i still like it i still think it has a lot of cool stuff going on and it's it's pretty fun but for some reason this one just this go around i'll just blame it on watching you know 11 films in a row like a maniac that this one this is finally when i got fatigued mm -hmm. and then I, I go to jason x it makes sense personally because there's a show off between jason takes manhattan and, and jason x for me for like films that are like if a normal person like normie a normie watched this film they would be like you know that's so bad it's good the kind of a thing and i prefer jason takes manhattan to jason x i know yeah. that might be controversial i'm sure you guys have a higher and then i have freddy versus jason next and then i go to part three the original part two four and six so i'm gonna work my way backwards so i, I go from the top to the bottom i go six four two one three freddy versus jason jason takes manhattan jason x friday seven friday five the remake and jason goes to hell those, those are my personal uh, rankings so yeah cool oh yeah this is good we're gonna have different lists i'm glad <laughs> we won't match, yeah. match too much so yeah that's a good I mean, list though no love... i've never once seen a list where it, it, two people agree like it's it's there's always there's all people like no number seven is the best one or number 10 or jason goes that it's like every time you're like slightly yeah. like angry about someone's decision you're like we put that one bottom or it's just like you know it never goes well when you <laughs> do these rankings so how could you so what about you angela <laughs> i love that um, and the way I ranked my list is more on just rewatchability. Which ones I'm gonna watch again and again, and which one I will watch the least. I agree Even if that. I appreciate some of them, it's like, especially like, especially when we marathon, like, yeah, there was a some that's like, yeah, you'll get fatigue at a certain point. You're like, okay, like it's cool, but like maybe on its own, I'll appreciate it. But in the marathon, it new I had a new perspective on some of these movies. So, okay, so like Johnny, I have to cool. agree. J the the last the last of the list on twelve is Jason Goes to Hell. It is like the most boring and not like most disappointing one out of the bunch because yeah as we already yeah. talked about it already you know what more to say and i have to agree with at least the remake at number 11 because at least that you get jason <laughs> at least you have jason in this movie and not all these possessed people around and at least like okay they were trying to do their own thing at the same time but even then it was still wasn't like as memorable like i don't remember much of it that's why i couldn't really talk too much and i couldn't remember like was the plot like house of wax or not so yeah 
I would put that at number 11. I wouldn't really rewatch it. And actually, above, I actually like all of them uh, from 10 to 1, I'll say. So, and I have to I have to agree with the fifth one. I respect it a lot more, but I just don't think I would rewatch it as much. So I put that number 10, even I respect mm-hmm. the, the take. Fair. And then number nine is actually, uh, yeah, the new blood because, uh, yeah, it was it was cool, but I, yeah, I did get bored a little bit in the marathon in some parts, as Johnny was saying. So, but I respect it, Carrie versus Jason, like it'll yeah. be memorable, and maybe it might go up if I give it a chance on its own sometime. And number eight, <laughs> so eight is part eight is is Jason goes to Manhattan. I love it; it's funny. Nice. But it's also like there's times I scratch my head, like like I, when he brought up all the different kid actors, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> taking me out a little bit, like because each time it goes up, it's a different actor, and then and after that, it's another actor, and then it goes back to the the first kid actor, so I just keeps switching around, so that just took me out. But in terms of rewatching, I would watch it a lot, and especially with a group of people, you know, like yeah, it's fun. Enjoy Jason's kills in that one for sure. And number seven is actually, I respect this one a lot, is the original, because I like it. Um, but at the same time, in rewatching, it's not, not the one I rewatched the most. Like, I feel like the other ones just, they move a little faster. And, you know, especially is the first one. If you know the twist already, you're like, ah, oh, that's cool. It's this crazy old lady just killing people. But I have to put it there and, res- and respect it because we wouldn't have this franchise without that. So it's number seven on my list. And number six, it w- this one went higher because of the, the 3D on, on Friday the 13th Part 3. It was a lot of fun. 3D did enhance the experience, and it was it was really – it's cool. You got Jason killing a bunch of people. Like, this is the movie that started, like, well, yeah, what, what people like about it. And and number five on my list is the, the the one of the greatest crossovers, Freddy versus Jason. It was a lot of fun, and this one gets better. Actually, every time I watch it, I actually respect it. A lot more and especially like i i, I really want more I, I wish they could do another Freddy versus jason but for what it was I, i'm happy this movie exists this movie happened and this is like pre-marvel when you had crossovers and this was like a, an event even i wasn't old enough to watch into the theaters but i remember like that movie being pretty big and everybody being so hyped and excited same and yeah i love it and number four on my list is jason x and, and rewatching this one, I was like, you know, man, this is one I would watch a lot. I'll put it on in the background when I'm cleaning and just laughing <laughs> and just enjoying the aesthetics. You know, I'm a, I love science fiction. I love horror. So it's a cool crossbreed, especially you never see a slasher in space. Like we have Alien, we have, but now we have Jason X. Like I'm happy this one too exists. Leprechaun just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than Leprechaun in space. Oh, no, <laughs> better production. Totally. <laughs> Critters go to space, yeah. Number three on my list is uh, the final chapter. I, I really like it. I really mm-hmm. like this one a lot. And this one is definitely, again, I felt like they were, they were getting the tone right. And I feel like this is the one that I, I, I'm starting to feel like, okay, now these are getting a little more better crafted. And I really love Corey Feldman in this. And it, and it's unforgettable. Mm-hmm. That last five minutes of the film of him <laughs> really going is. bald is like unforgettable and and Crispin Glover's dance too has got to be up there too. So I'll put number three there. Number two, this is one I was struggling because I was like, this was originally my number one pick is uh, Friday the 13th part two. I actually mm. really, really liked it in this viewing and this part of this marathon mm. and made me appreciate it more because it's, yes, it's the same movie as the first, but this one was really like, this is the bridge. This is now we're, we're getting like to what this franchise is going to be. And I really love like, the him in the bag mask and and the way like some yeah. of the kills are great and and i like the the lead girl was really good in this one and and before i didn't love, love it as much but in rewatching, i like really respected it and said hey this is like 
you know, the one that like really kicks off of like where it is now. And I can't deny like the number one is it's just because it's the most fun, well-crafted. And last night's experience was the sixth one. Like it really is a well-made movie and definitely the most fun to rewatch. It is like one I respect more in terms of like, yeah, the way it's filmed, the production design is great. Even the sounds great. And the kills, the kills here are fantastic where he just punches that guy's heart out and stuff <laughs> like this. Yeah, where do you so go with that? I mean, yeah, the opening, like, that is, like, one of the greatest openings ever, <laughs> ever put on film. So I have to agree. Number one is the Jason Lives. We didn't discuss our ranking, so to no. be transparent. So he didn't, yeah. So we we have a lot of overlap. We kept our distance. Uh, it is interesting, though, because I, I, I was I was debating about having number two as my second one as well, but I put it at three. But I, I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I could, yeah. Could go either way. Uh, yeah. So the, the ones I want to rewatch the most are two, four, six, and eight. <laughs> and eight, eight's lower yeah. on my list, but I, 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 two, four, six, eight, ten. Like all those, all the evens are the ones that I, I would gladly rewatch. And, you know, like three is fun. But I put the three, three, 3D glasses on it hurt my eyes and I go cross-eyed, you know, and feel a little sick, you know, but yeah, two, four, six, eight, ten are like the ones that are, I'm like, yeah, I could rewatch those. So, Interesting. <laughs> so anyway, that was awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited now. Cause this, this will be a little different. I've given a All bit good. away. So I really, I was very tempted to change this throughout the show and I swear I didn't. So no, I'm embarrassed by my, for me, number 11, 12 would be the new one because I haven't seen it more so it's N.A., but for me, number 11 is part two. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry oh, about shit. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> for number 10, I went part three. For the reasons I said, I hear you guys big time, though. Those Those definitely, I feel like, and especially just like wanting to get to Jason, where I was kind of like, now that I know, but there it was just like, come on, get to it. That's why those are so low. Number nine is Jason Goes to Hell. The big mislead, no Jason, really. I did like the bounty hunter guy in that one. That's like hunting Jason and kind of knows the lore. I thought that was kind of interesting, and I appreciated that little bit of world building, but not a ton of value. After that, Jason takes to Manhattan, which did offend me <laughs> and then uh so now now we're really getting into the ones i i did like all those but these are the ones that you know there was something specific that really could latch on to kind of after that was a new beginning with the paramedic dad right, i just thought right. it was fun frankly better at least there was no miss I, I mean actually there is a big mislead but at least like 90 percent of the movie you do think jason's like killing people so it's like okay right. fair enough after that for number six on my list would be the final chapter from 84 Corey feldman carries like i love that and that ending like angela said i think actually i, I texted angela a picture of it because he had been teasing the fourth one he's like just wait till you get to a new beginning i was like okay like i'll let you know when i watch it i was watching it and that happened i was like oh my god I, so i took nice. a picture of it and sent it to angela so that was a fun one uh, after that we got to jason x <laughs> jason x was just a blast nothing specific like i loved but just jason in space you got the new suit it's just very like lost in space <laughs> kind of vibes to me which i loved lost in space too just like that that's sweet spot oh two so i'd have been like 11 you know after that now here are the the real ones you know that i, I really really enjoyed and, and were kind of the peaks for me in this first time watching number four jason lives i loved the the new humor i loved the production value spike and i i do feel like it set up the back half of the franchise really well and kind of where they were going just tonally after that was the new blood this was just i loved having the psychic crossover it was a, a lot of fun 
one thing I forgot to mention while we were going through this initially was that I read somewhere this was actually supposed to be the original Freddy versus Jason movie, but they had rights issues at the time. And so that's why there's like the introduction of all these new elements, because originally the goal was to have like Freddy be the psychic guy who's coming in and kind of a match to him. So I think that makes sense. That's I, I, you know, I can feel that now looking back just really having the psychic thing just added a lot of like fresh new blood to, to go off of. And you get zombie Jason oh, yeah. in this one, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> so the last two, number two was Freddy versus Jason. I was really, really surprised at how much I liked this. Cause I actually think it's like for Jason, one of the best built stories. And, and like I said, I, I appreciated that they went back to his origin and really tried to dive into the mom and kind of his psyche surrounding her and and then also just the freddy deaths and and it being kind of like a higher production value and a little bit more of like a modern blockbuster with jason i thought was really interesting last one was the original for me the series was all about jason i really i, I to me i really he was like the protagonist like i really was kind of rooting for him in this comic book world i don't approve of murder <laughs> or anything obviously but, but i was like yeah jason jason's the most interesting character in most of these these movies especially the early ones and um and like you know he, he, you know justice for jason i guess so so that J, my 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 interest in jason and, and curiosity of what would happen with him was starting that first one i think for me the first time through was what carried me through the franchise like he, he's almost kind of like a godzilla type villain to me where he's like more of a force of nature than like a guy who's like intentionally evil and so it's fun seeing him versus like freddy that's why that was so high because freddy's like evil where jason is just like a force of nature like he doesn't have the thought process i think to consider like no he's evil he's just getting revenge because that's what's like the only thing he right, has right. in his head now yeah you know, no so. yeah so so next if you ever dare to watch the franchise again i i, th- I think you will oh, get new rankings and not to say yours aren't bad i'm just saying yeah. how i was i had the same thing i was like freddy versus jason's way at the top like i was i and now that i've like i'm always surprised like when i rewatch it i'm like oh my rankings change 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 so if I rewatch it sure. next year, if I punish myself and even watch Jason Goes to Hell again, no, I think I'll still skip that one. I know that's at the bottom. Don't waste my time. Um, I, I will surprise myself. And you were tempted to skip it. No, I, yeah, that was that was that was for time reasons. Like, yeah, but anyway, eleven out of twelve of them next year. I'll I'm sure I'll have different rankings. So. I am going to save this in a document, and then when I do rewatch them, I will do a new one and compare. I'm, I'm actually very excited. Hearing you guys talk about how it's changed over the years was yeah. Uh, just inspiring. just remember that number two was on my shit list when I first watched it. And now it's like top two or three, so it's like you might yeah, you might find yeah. that number six goes higher or whatever whatever it is. Number one goes lower. I, I think I think you'll stay true and keep number one at the top, which is a, another popular opinion. For sure, There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, like we know the first one, we I've been watching my whole life, so I'm just like, oh, let's watch six again. You're watch two, you know, four. Yeah, so totally, um, yeah. But, yeah. But this has been fun. Thank, this has been yeah, been a, a blast. Yeah, yeah. This has been awesome, man. Thank you for coming on and spending so much time with us talking about this, dude. This was like, I hope you had fun. This was yeah. like a blast. And I think I I learned so much about it. I was very excited. No, this is awesome. So. We do like to do an outro. If you're down with the quotes, I'll play the song. Wait, before um, before you but, do that, um, mine. So mine, yeah, yeah, if you please. don't mind, I'm going to explain mine. So there's in the fifth in the fifth one, oh, uh, there's it. another actor from Return of the Living Dead, and he eats enchiladas and he gets diarrhea, and he goes, "Do you remember that?" 
Wasn't oh that gosh. amazing? Yes. Oh, I actually meant to talk I, about I, I this. Was, I was keeping it for the end because I knew that was going to be my final. My, so my, my favorite line from the <laughs> franchise is actually a song they sing. So so this dude has diarrhea in, in his porta potty. And for some reason, his, his girlfriend comes and she's like outside the door and she's like comforting him. She's like starts singing to him. So she starts going like, ooh, yeah. baby, ooh, baby. And then he's inside and he's like, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. And they're just singing together as he's like shitting enchiladas. It's like, it's like that, no wonder the fifth one is so low on my list, you know? Like, that's my favorite scene. That's so my favorite disturbing. quote from the franchise is that song because they're singing like as he's having diarrhea. It's like, that's the franchise we're given. We're only five films in and now we have seven more to go. And that's, you know, so that's, that's mine. So I'm not going to sing that over the final quote. I'm going to say, I'll say something else. Thank you. And it's linked to the I appreciate that. That part was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. Before we do hit the outro, Angelo, Johnny, anything else you guys wanted to bring up in general? Anything related? In terms of the franchise, I think I, yeah, I think I said so I can actually, before I say my quote. Yeah, I don't know if you want me to say my favorite quote of this franchise as well. Yeah, I can start the music. Let's hit it. (laughs) It's them damn enchiladas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so good so that's a good one man I, mine, the ones i have are not as good but simple ones just like in the i, I couldn't decide between the sixth or the fourth when tommy in the yeah. sixth one tells the sh- deputy he says oh i went to cremate jason but i really fucked that up and then he's like oh you got that right you know i don't know why this made me laugh in last night's screening but and then, and then also, uh, I couldn't decide between the other one, Corey Feldman, saying, die, 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 die. It just stayed, oh, so good. stayed in my head, even when I was in the shower the other day. I just kept thinking about the him saying, die, die, die. <laughs> That's good. My first one is from a psychic episode. Anything is possible now. God, don't you get it? When they're talking about psych. Or man, that actually might be Freddy versus Jason. I think these are both Freddy versus Jason. I'm a liar. That was Freddy versus Jason. He's yelling at the cop who's like, how did this happen? And that just felt like a good sum up for the kind of the advice for the movie. Yeah. Just don't think about it or the franchise. Yeah. And then the last one is when they are trying to resuscitate Jason. And she says, he says, the driver, Ritter, says, Kia, he has asthma as to why he can't do mouth to mouth resuscitation. It's like very dramatic. It's very like a heavy line delivered. Awesome. All right, well, thank, thank you so much for having me here. And if anyone cares to follow a Turbo Sleepover or me, I'm Johnny Coffeen on Instagram, J-O-H-N-N-Y, Coffee, C-O-F-F-E-N. Yeah, it's Coffeen. So, yeah, thanks thanks again for having me. It's my first podcast I've ever done, so I'm proud that it was Friday the 13th, that franchise. So. Good. Well, it's yeah. an honor to, be, to have you on. And this was a blast. Please follow Johnny. Check out Turbo Sleepover, you guys. Follow Angelo. He is Cinespliced on Instagram. And what is your letterbox, Angelo? Uh, it's just Michelangelo. Michelangelo on Letterbox. if you want to follow him there. Follow us. We are Log It Podcast. I think you can find it through that anywhere. This was awesome. Thank you, guys. Everybody, please go watch a movie. Go watch a movie. Go watch Friday the 13th Part 5 so you can watch the damage a lot of us. So. <laughs> <laughs>